investigation and that the company was cooperating with an investigation by the medicines regulator, the MHRA. Many of the babies who are ill are premature and described as very vulnerable. The number of children in care across beds, hearts and bucks has risen. Buckinghamshire has 50 more children in care than last year, leading to a £2.5 million overspend. More from our political reporter Paul Scoynes. The figures for Bucks include seven children whose care can cost as much as £250,000 each per year. In Milton Keynes, there have been 30 more children, and in Bedford, an increase of 16. Councils have an obligation to provide care for vulnerable children, but councillors say the rising costs add enormous financial pressures to already cash-strapped authorities. A beggar from Milton Keynes has been given a five-year anti-social behaviour order for being abusive and aggressive towards people who didn't give him money. Police say 20 29-year-old Jamie Cook from Fuller Slade has been causing problems in several locations across Milton Keynes for many months. They say he presents himself as homeless but has been living with his long-term girlfriend since 2009. Crews from St Albans have been dealing with a fire at a recycling plant in the early hours of this morning. 100 tonnes of wood chippings were involved at the site in Acrewood Way. An investigation by the BBC has discovered some major banks and credit card companies may have significantly underpaid the compensation due to customers for missold payment protection insurance. One leading expert in PPI has put the shortfall at around a billion pounds. All the firms insist they made every effort to pay the correct amount. Caroline Wayman is from the Financial Ombudsman Service. I think it's very clear if it's caused by the missale of the payment protection insurance then that should be given back to them. If it were to be found that there was any sort of widespread failure to carry out a proper calculation that would most definitely be disappointing yeah. In sport, England drew two all with Ecuador in their World Cup warm-up match in Miami with goals from Wayne Rooney and Ricky Lambert. And Andy Murray's through to the French Open semi-finals after a five-set win over Gael Monfils. He'll play defending champion Rafael Nadal tomorrow. The weather, a cloudy start with sunny spells developing later this morning. The chance of a shower this afternoon. A maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. People wander and you'll see all us characters about from time to time. And all this week we're featuring Stony Stratford. It's got that feel of a real community. It's not an estate, so it's got kind of the history. It's all about where you live. Been here 25 years, can't see why I would want to move. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's be having you. Come on, look sharpish, look sharpish. It's four minutes past six, for goodness sakes. Where have you been? Lots coming up on the show today, including a drug company expresses sadness for newborns poisoned at the L&D. Buckinghamshire Council counts the cost of kids in care. Why the loneliest lollipop man in the land is sitting at the side of the road in Stuartby day after day after day. Basically, no one wants to cross the road there. He just sits there, lollipop man on his own. No one wants to cross. Is there anything sadder than a lollipop man with no people to help cross the road? Is there? Is there? Matt's, Matt's not allowed to go yet. He's not passed his driving tests. Can we all go after just to give him something to do? <laughs> yeah, let's go and hang out with him. It sounds like fun. We'll tell you where it is, and maybe you'd want to go and cross the road later on during the show. Well, we'll sort that out. 08459 455 555. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. National Talking Heads Day. Did you know that? What are you doing to celebrate? 
08459 four double five five double five. Big story that's uh, in most of the papers today. Uh, the news that one baby has died and 14 other babies are seriously ill after contracting blood poisoning from infected hospital drips. Professor Mark Fielder is a medical microbiologist. It's an extremely unfortunate situation. Um, one that is, is, occurs occasionally but is very difficult to, to circumvent. It appears from what we've got the evidence so far that there is a, a breach in um, the production of this uh, material which has and then got into these vulnerable children and, and caused the problems that we've seen. Well, our reporter is James Alexander. James, you've been looking into this. Which hospitals yeah. are affected? Well, we're talking about six hospitals in south-east England, including a couple of cases at Luton and Dunstable University Hospital. These 15 babies were already in intensive care. Many were premature. All of them were relying for their recovery on a liquid drip to deliver nutrients into their bloodstream because they were too ill to eat on their own. Now, it seems, Ian, that intravenous fluid has become contaminated with a bacteria that's called septicemia. One baby who is being treated at St Thomas's Hospital in London has died. The other babies affected are said to be responding to antibiotics. Oh dear, well, it's bound to be very worrying if, if you've got a baby in your family who's in intensive care this morning. Is this liquid food still in circulation? Is it elsewhere around the country? Well, we're told the supplier only delivers across London and the South East and the use-by date on this contaminated batch was the 2nd of June. So officials don't think there's any more of this stuff in circulation but as a precaution an alert's been issued to all neonatal units across the country if they have got affected stock it must be destroyed the health regulator says they're not expecting any more cases James I, I must have a suspicious mind whenever something like this happens a contamination I always suspect it's deliberate do we know if it was deliberate or, or accidental yet well all the signs so far is that this was an accident rather than an act of sabotage the bacteria involved called bacillus Sirius is very common. It's in dust, it's in soil, it's probably on the desk in front of you now. Um, it seems it's got into these plastic pouches of food accidentally because these babies are so fragile, uh, so vulnerable, it's had a devastating effect. And the company that makes the product, they've issued a statement, haven't they? Yeah, the company ITH Pharma says uh, they're saddened by what's happened and they're cooperating fully with an NHS inquiry. They don't believe any other batches are affected. Uh, James, a uh, very, very sad story. We'll have more on this throughout the morning, of course. Thank you very much for that. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Oh, come on, guys, we're spoiling you. We kick off with Talking Heads and then the Beatles? Huh? Huh? If you're lucky, we might play some Adele. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Starting on the speed sensors, the A1M northbound looking busier than normal at the moment around Junction 3 for Hatfield and also the southbound carriageway around Junction 7 for Stevenage already starting to look busy. Got some roadworks in Haynes. The high road is closed at the Northwood End Road. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice. Good morning. Good morning to you. Would you agree? Can I ask what are you wearing today? Uh, I'm wearing black trousers with a... Grand Canyon t-shirt and a cardigan. Have you been to the Grand Canyon? I have. You don't even know the Grand Canyon's a band. Oh, sorry, you've been. Okay, that's good. You're allowed to wear that. <laughs> Can I ask you, are you wearing a belt? I'm not wearing a belt. Oh, no. What is it with you chicks, man? You need to you need to have a, 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 a divider that separates your <laughs> legs from your body. Otherwise, you, you just don't know where leg ends. I don't know where leg ends. ends. I don't... Alice, we'll discuss more later. Otherwise, you don't know where leg ends. Very disappointed, my team. We'll discuss this later on. It's the news, and it's very serious news this morning, but... 6.16, it's Thursday, the 5th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. As you've heard, two babies have fallen ill at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital with blood poisoning linked to a suspected contaminated drip. They're said to be responding well to antibiotics. A baby has died at a London hospital, and there are 12 other cases across London and the south-east. The number of children in care across beds, hearts and bucks has risen. Buckinghamshire has 54, uh, sorry, 50 more children in care than last year, leading to a £2.5 million overspend. And in sport, England drew two all with Ecuador in their World Cup warm-up match in Miami with goals from Wayne Rooney and Ricky Lambert. BBC Three Counties Radio. Weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts, and bucks. And I said, Well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me, and I said, So you're forcing me to take action. And he said, Good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person who can sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio.
BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Buckingham Council say the children uh, in care cost them an extra £2.5 million last year. In the last 12 months, the authority has taken responsibility for 50 more young people, seven of which cost around half a million pounds a year to keep each. Paul, uh, political reporter Paul Scoyne's been looking at this. Uh, it costs half a million pounds a year to keep them. It's like they're, they're, they're rabbits or something. What does it mean? It's, it's a huge amount of money, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Those children that cost uh, around sort of 250 to half a million pounds a year each, um, they're quite rare. They often require uh, secure accommodation. Now, every authority might have a number of those children. They're quite small uh, uh, and they require that high degree of supervision. They may abscond they may try and escape from their accommodation and need to be secured for their own safety um 
the the spend on children in care for councils is huge it's hard to underestimate just how uh, much of a budgetary kind of uh, uh, amount that this this takes up for any council really i mean if you think about roads bins libraries leisure centers the sort of thing that people perhaps when they think of what their council spends their money mm. on that only accounts for around 10 percent of a council's budget the vast majority is uh, taken up with children's uh, uh, services and, and education and that's going up in bucks oh it's going up in bucks it's going up everywhere i mean 50 more this year meaning there are now uh, 450 uh, uh, children in care it's going up in hertfordshire there's only four more but their their figure is is a lot higher uh, over a thousand 30 more in milton Keynes. nearly nearly 300 children in care there uh, in luton there have been an increase of nine so they're just shy of 400 children and in bedford uh, 263 that's an increase of 16 children and their child children services is also is overspending to the tune of just over a million pounds. Why? Well, uh, I mean, it's, I think it's that some of the uh, children are staying in care for longer, so uh, they might go on to th- sort of university third-level education, as they call it, uh, and councils have to pay for that. What, what happens if, if, you, if you are in care, if you're a child in care, you are effectively the, the, the council are your parents and they take responsibility for you, mm. and as you would expect, they have to, uh, you know, fork out for, for children if they want to go to university, and they, the, I suppose that's a, 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 you know, a positive outcome, if you like like of the care system we've also seen in Buckinghamshire's case an increase in children in need as well so uh, uh, disabled children with complex needs and they uh, uh, they do cost a lot of money and the council have to pay for that there's, there's also been uh, uh, an increased double in fact the number of referrals into Bucks County Council's services uh, and that obviously means an increase in staffing costs they have to recruit more social workers and one of the things that that councillors tell me is that you know the the, the terrible affair over baby P uh, is often cited as a reason of why why this sort of a heightened sense of awareness of these sorts of uh, uh, incidents, and that's probably led to an increase in why those cases have been reported. What happens when a child goes into care? Well, it's all under the the Children's Act, and a court can make a care order if it's satisfied that the child is suffering or is likely to suffer significant harm. Now, the child might be placed with another relative, a foster carer, or indeed into a children's home, and that uh, that care order can last until the child's 18th birthday or an order is made giving the parental sort of responsibility to another person, perhaps through adoption, perhaps they might return to their parents in some cases as well, uh, uh, and the court might just lift the order at that point. Um, every year, Ian, around... 6,000 children are taken into care. Mm. Uh, around the UK, there are currently 86,000 children in care of councils. Gosh, well, if you want to have your say on that, 08459 455 505. Are you uh, wearing a belt? Yeah. Good lad.
um, guess what I just convinced. Uh, guess what I just convinced Paul Scoins about. What? what? He, he can't hear me now. No, I convinced him that um, it's illegal to have uh, a, a cat for the first six months of having a baby. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, completely. Yeah. He, he believes that, does he? Yeah, yeah. It should be. It 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 is. Matt's in the house, everyone. Hey. It's, um, the cat place will be straight round. Yeah, yeah. Matt, was it true that cats try and go on your baby's faces? And suffocate them, and babies have been known to well, die because of that. I know plenty. Of... Is he still here? It's going. I know people who've got cats and they've got babies too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But it's it's illegal. It's illegal. It's illegal for that situation to take place. Just just so you just so as you know. Okay, guys. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound already starting to build up just after junction 10 for Luton and the A1M southbound on the speed sensors looking busy around junction 7 for Stevenage. On public transport, the Metropolitan Line between Uxbridge and Harrow on the Hill, there are minor delays. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Two babies have fallen ill at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital with blood poisoning linked to a suspected contaminated drip. They're said to be responding well to antibiotics. A baby has died at a London hospital. There are 12 other cases across London and the south-east. The Lister Hospital in Stevenage and Stoke Mandeville in Buckinghamshire also received affected batches, but health officials say cases at these hospitals are unlikely. And the number of children in care across beds, hearts and bucks has risen. Buckinghamshire has 50 more children in care than last year, leading to a two and a half million pound overspend. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England drew two all with Ecuador in their World Cup warm-up match in Miami with goals from Wayne Rooney and Ricky Lambert. Raheem Sterling was sent off but won't miss any World Cup games. He will though miss Saturday's final friendly against Honduras. His manager Roy Hodgson. You're always going to struggle in, in moments of the game against teams like Ecuador with their pace and their technique. But a large number of the opportunities, if you like, that they created for themselves were when we were really attacking, when we were going forward for all it's worth. And maybe what we've got to make certain is that we shore up a little bit better behind some of these attacking movements and make certain that it doesn't go directly against our back four. And it's been revealed that Arsenal's Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain will have a scan on his knee today amid fears he suffered a ligament injury. Watford have confirmed that goalkeeper Manuel Almunia and defender Marco Cassetti are leaving the club, along with Nara Nosworthy and Fitz Hall. Luton have announced three home pre-season friendlies against Belgian club Royal Antwerp and League One sides Colchester and Peterborough. And football league clubs are expected to reject the FA's controversial proposal for a B-team league at their summer meeting in Portugal today. Andy Murray's through to the French Open semi-finals after a five-set win over Gael Monfils. Murray won the first two sets, lost the next two and won the decider six-love. He'll play defending champion Rafael Nadal in tomorrow's semi-final. It was very tough because it was very windy at the start, very slow and heavy conditions and I started well uh, when the wind came down he started playing so much better, he was very aggressive and some of the shots he chases down, it's incredible he moves so well, I think the best out of anyone on the tour so I was just lucky at the end that he started the fifth set badly. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven.
seen the film from whence this comes no but i feel like i have he falls in love with a computer sexy a rather sexy computer he pours champagne on it this is for all i've seen from the trailer he pours champagne on the sexy computer it that, becomes surely that's a hazard well we should try it here. he becomes <laughs> the computer becomes sentient and they indulge in um what can only be described as computer sex Wow. Yeah. yeah. Before it was fashionable. I wouldn't... I mean, I wouldn't do that, especially if the system's now unstable because it's got water ingress. I think it's because they had a modem, the, the acoustic coupler. I don't want it. I don't really want to... No? No, but... No? I do feel like I need to see it, just I, to check. I, tell you, I, might, I might order it and um, we'll have a little viewing party. We'll invite Matt Lockwood. Why because we Matt... shouldn't be playing this song, really, no. unless we know what it's about. We, 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 it's not the kind of message we want to be sending out to the young people. Hey, so that fella... That was held by the uh, Afghanistan Taliban for five and a half years, right? And, hey, he's coming home, he's coming home, he's coming home. The whole town, the small town he comes from, I'm going to throw a big, massive party, because, yeah, he's back. And then they find out he may have been a deserter. He may have been abandoning his post and his position in the US military. He may even have been seeking out the Taliban to go and join them. So they've cancelled his homecoming. (gasps) How tight is that? That's but to tight. be honest, he's probably not in the party mood anyway. We've all we've all been to those parties that are on our behalf, and you're sat there and you're thinking, oh, flipping it. Can just, I go now? Just go away. Go, go! go! Oh, I might be like that then. Oh, it's all funny. When I'm an old woman, I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to... I'm going to tell people. I'm going to tell people. Don't like you. I don't want a beer. I want to go home. Yeah. But now I'll nod and smile and be gracious. Someone's taken um, uh, secret pictures of Barack Obama pumping off. Right. And um, these people... We suspected he did, though. Yeah, It looks like he does. He looks like it, but these pictures have been taken. He's used to being on camera wherever he goes, but Barack Obama was probably expecting a little more privacy at the gym. In a potential security breach, the US president was secretly filmed working out in his five-star hotel in Warsaw. So he's, he's got some weights, and he's, he's pumping off with these weights, OK? But those... I'm not being funny. The picture there, those weights are tiny. Yes, but... Look I how mean, much effort he's putting... He's working that more than... He needs to work it, isn't he? You don't know what he's doing with his legs. 
That is very, very true. We, do, we just don't know what's going on uh, with his legs. He might be doing something strenuous down below. A, f- a fellow guest at the Marriott Hotel, identified as Paul G- Jean Ekva, is believed to have captured the unauthorised footage on his mobile phone. Well, so that's the security's fault. They should have frisked all of the polls there. Everybody should frisk everybody there because Obama's lucky that was just an iPhone. It was Poland's so probably an iPhone three, maybe. Uh, he was lucky it was an iPhone, not a gun. Yeah, serious side. Serious side of... But the other side of it is, in the gym, you should be entitled to a degree of privacy, shouldn't you? I know some people take pictures of themselves at the gym to prove that they are buff and that. But I think generally, if you're working out, you should be entitled to a degree of privacy. have loosened the laws. When I was a regular gym goer, uh, you weren't allowed mobile phones in there at all. Verboten. Uh, nowadays, you can go in there and w- with whatever you want. I guess because people use mobile phones as as iPods, etc. What, uh, etc. What? Let me rephrase that. What? Na- etc. is posh for and that. What was that film? Etc. Etc. Oh, I know the King and I. King and I, isn't it? Etc. Etc. What is the most famous person you've ever seen at the gym? Ideally, in the nuddy. Uh, I no, I haven't seen any. I'll give you my top three. At number three, Jimmy Mystery. Oh, cool name. Seen him naked. Oh, I've seen all of these people naked. At well number, done. At number two, Dermot Murnahan. Oh. And at number one, Simon Pegg. Oh. Simon Pegg was talking to me, so he's naked. Okay, he's naked. Stop that. You're I, you're I, me. I don't need the demo. You're me. But you're sat down on the bench. So you're at eye level. I'm in, at eye level. Then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to put my socks on. Oh, no. Honestly, he's doing that. Simon Pegg is doing that. He was just seeing if you would say anything. Oh, uh, well, what, what could I say? That's like the sort of stuff he puts in his films. He turned around and put his socks on with his wow. foot up on the bench. You don't need to be a big brother body language expert to work out what he was saying <laughs> to you there. Hey, a baby fell in the river. You've seen this? Yeah. Incredible. It's, a ba- it's one of um, um, my... Well, it's not one of my worst fears, actually. That's, that's by, uh, being eaten alive by priests. No, but you do wonder what you would do in that situation. What you would do... The, 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 bu- the baby the priests, was in a buggy. Not the baby, but the baby. The baby was in a buggy by the river. Uh, they're watching some boats. And I don't know if the brakes went or... If they, or the wind. Had, the wind caught it, but the baby gets blown into uh, the river. Is it the river or the sea? The quayside, so that would be the sea. You'd be straight in, wouldn't you? This is the extraordinary moment a baby was safe. The baby's strapped in the pram as well, <gasps> so if you're going down, you're not just lifting up a baby, you're trying to lift up a whole pram. Those things is heavy, mm-hmm. especially if you've got your shopping in and the And those back. catches is stiff. And, and, isn't it? Uh, the one-year-old's horrified mother and three rowers had jumped straight into the water when the pushchair rolled off the quayside. Victor, Victor Matinez dived down and hauled the child to the surface, still strapped to, into her seat. The 51-year-old said, I heard a deafening scream and wondered why. Then I saw the baby girl's arms flailing. I oh. just ran in and dived in. The buggy was sinking quickly. I dived down and pushed it to the surface. The baby was fine. Incredible pictures! Yeah. There's a picture. Fuzzy picture. There's a fuzzy picture. You fill in the blanks. What you got? Um, oh. All kinds. That means nothing, doesn't it? David Walliams' model wife. Oh, yeah. Lara Stone, age Hello. 30, just yeah, for your information. She reckons she got sacked for being pregnant. I mean, given that her job is wearing pants, yeah. I can... I think it may be the one uh, job where you could be sacked for being pregnant. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. Or you she, get different jobs for being pregnant. I don't know what she's whinging about. I don't want to see pregnant women in pants. Well, I mean, I do if it's I'm buying disgusting. pregnant women's pants. But if you're wearing, buying, I, I've got to say something. Say you it. You know all these um, 
people that you see having uh, photographs taken of themselves when they're on holiday and they act as if they don't know anyone's there. Yeah, and they're being paid a lot of money yeah, for that. Yeah, and at the moment, the younger ones have all got their knickers firmly wedged, twixed. Right up that yeah. backside. It turns out I don't think they're hoiking them in there. I got a bikini for my uh, upcoming holidays. Well, I've had I'm... to send it back. Wow. I don't, have you, did you try it on? They've kind of, yeah. Oh, you can't send that Over back. Over my pants. <laughs> as long as you don't take the sticker out, you're all right. I've got to send it back because it's like... I thought I had them on back to front at one point. Wow, really? They kind of cut them away. Gosh. So if you're listening, uh, makers of knickers, Underworld, yeah. etc., I don't yeah. know. Yeah, tie rack. No, can not you, knicker box. Can you pack it in and put in a full seat? What is going on with you guys? I don't want to look like Miley Cyrus. Frankly, she looks like a fungal infection waiting to happen. A thug bit a cinema goer on the head after he asked him to keep the noise down. What a horrible image I've got in my head from your previous story, not this one. <laughs> the victim, 28, turned round as the yob was talking loudly to a pal during comedy A Million Ways to Die in the West, but was punched in the head. Wow. The terrified man got up and left with his girlfriend, but the thug followed, beat him up, then bit him. I've told people to shut up in the cinema before. When I was watching the awful paranormal activity in Camden in North London, well, there's a place, there were some girls, right... And they were just, like, giggling and talking and they're on their phone. And someone asked them to be quiet. And they're like, shut up, whatever, go and flip yourself. <laughs> All of that. Right, and then they were still talking and talking. And I'd had enough of this. And I said very, very loudly in my poshest voice, uh, Excuse me, girls, would you please shut the flip up? I thought you were going to say it. Then. No, 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 no. You were doing the face that you were going to say. Uh, no, no, no. I was building up to it. And it was um, my um, uh, wife went, oh, no, we're do you know, do you <laughs> that would be my reaction. Do you know what happened? They... Oh, I'm really sorry, sir. Yes! Blam! So what did you do that the other person didn't? I used... I put on a posh accent, I used abusive language, but in a, in a firm, posh way. Uh, Went downstairs and complained after the film, got my money back. Really? Boom, shaka-laka-laka-boom. Bingo-bingo-bango. I would never have the confidence to do that. I would just sit there and tot. I was showing Quietly, off... Quietly, so they didn't know. I was showing off a little bit, because uh, my wife's cousin was there from Greece, and uh, I, wanted to, I wanted him to think I was a tough guy. Surprised he didn't weigh in. They're not normally backwards and coming forwards. No, the no. The Greeks. No, they don't... Well... They, they don't mince words. They don't mince words, do they? Well, they do. That's why I can't understand a word they're saying. Uh, have you got any more? Should we come back after the come travel? Back, come because you've not found, you've not done the. Oh yeah. You... Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise looking heavy now on the sensors between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. The M1 itself, London-bound, heavy going after Junction 10 for Luton. On public transport, the Metropolitan Line between Uxbridge and Harrow-on-the-Hill, there are minor delays. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Alice. 6.45, it's Thursday the 5th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Two babies have fallen ill at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital with blood poisoning linked to a suspected contaminated drip. They're said to be responding well to antibiotics. A baby has died at a London hospital and there are 12 other cases across London in the southeast. The number of children in care across beds, hearts and bucks has risen. Buckinghamshire has 54, uh, sorry, 50 more children in care than last year, leading to a £2.5 million overspend. And in sport, England drew two all with Ecuador in their World Cup warm-up match in Miami with goals from Wayne Rooney and Ricky Lambert. Sorry? Sorry? Nothing. I was just passing you the paper. Yeah, with great speed. I do, I do apologise. I do, <laughs> I do apologise. I'm so sorry. I just thought you might want to have a look at that. Let's get the weather. Here's Sarah. <laughs> 
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, thanks very much indeed. Good morning to you. A much better day in prospect for today compared to the one we saw yesterday. Of course, we did have uh, some dry weather around yesterday. A bit of brightness broke through at times as well, but uh, generally it was pretty cloudy and it did feel pretty cold as well. Today, much, much better. We start with some sunshine this morning. There is a little bit of cloud actually just towards uh, some parts of Hertfordshire, but it's pulling away nicely. And then we're going to have some good dry weather and uh, some good sunny spells and feeling warmer with highs of 18 Celsius, 64 in Fahrenheit easily. Uh, towards the uh, London M25 area, we'll be seeing highs of 19 or 20 Celsius here. Now, the next couple of days are going to be pretty interesting, actually, for the weather. Tomorrow things are hotting up. We'll be up into the low 20s Celsius, if not the mid-20s, and actually the humidity rising too. So tomorrow night into Saturday, right across the three counties, pretty humid and muggy night, and then we start to run the risk of some thundery outbreaks as well. We've got some showers drifting up from the near continent uh, thunderstorms tomorrow night into Saturday Saturday we run the risk of those right the way through the day we've got a Met Office weather warning in force for them because if you catch one it could be pretty torrential between them feeling quite muggy and warm if not hot and then it'll be a much calmer day and brighter and fresher on Sunday and that's your weather Recognise this What about this? And this? Do you know what they all have in common? They were all filmed locally in Elstree, and tomorrow I'll be live from Elstree Studios to celebrate 100 years of filmmaking in the area. There was always different stars coming in and out. That was always nice about that. Every week there was a guest star, so that was lovely. You'll hear from some of the biggest names as we celebrate the stages and screens of Hertfordshire. You absolute traitor. You're a terrible traitor to work at Elstree. Celebrating 100 years of film and TV making in Elstree and Warrenwood tomorrow afternoon from 3 Three here on BBC Three Counties Radio. So this morning we are talking about have you ever told anybody to shut up? Have you ever been told to shut up yourself? You must tell people to shut up all the time. Small people. Yeah. And I do I don't say shut up because that's rude in our house. That's rude. But um Kelly, you've been told to shut up. Yeah, not by Kath. No. She's not the small person I was referring to. Oh, okay. no. you, you went children, yes. Yeah. Okay. What happened to you, Kels? I went to see Mamma Mia in the West End. <laughs> Why would you go and see well, that? I don't no. Oh, okay, okay, fun times, yeah. Anyway, so we, me and my friends had a few drinks, because it's an evening thing. It's supposed to be a feel-good as well, I suppose. Yeah, you know. Feel-good factor. And we were sitting there, and we were having a little laugh, and we were giggling, and we were trying to be quiet. But the play wasn't very good, let's be honest. Uh, the the couple of people in front of us turned around and was like, will you be quiet? I'm trying to watch this brilliant play. And I leaned forward, horrified, and I was like, I'm so, I'm so sorry, I promise you won't hear another word from us, because I thought, I've, I'm really ruining their experience, even though the play's rubbish. Yeah. But as I went to sit back down after apologising, my chair flipped up, so I sat on the floor, and then me and my friends were in hysterics, and the people in front of us moved. If you've got a good story about being... If you've got a good story... Uh, never went back. Oh, wait, 459 555 I got told to shut up at um, an Eagles concert once. I got told to stop kicking the back of someone's chair That's during not... Schindler's List, but it was long. Schindler's List? Yeah, I wasn't kicking their chair. I just, I mean, how long was it? Four hours. I don't know. I just it. shifted in my seat a couple of times, but the, the bloke in front of me was really angry. Wow. 
I would think that the overabiding lesson of that film would be tolerance and peace and love. Yeah, he yeah. was cross. Yeah, yeah. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Ever told? Okay, so ever been told to shut up at an event? Or to pack something in? Ever told to? Ever told someone to shut up? Ever kicked the back of a chair in Schindler's List? Or ever ever been told to pack it in, or yeah. told someone to pack it in? Yeah. Why were you told to shut up at an Eagles concert? Were well, you singing the Who? I went. No, I went with. I went with someone. Uh, guy, I didn't really. I, we weren't really friends. And he was just like, "Hey, do you want to go to the Eagles with me?" I was like, "Yeah, okay." And uh, he said, "I'm going to be a bit late." He had the tickets. I'm going to be a bit late, but we won't miss much. I'll meet you there. Okay. So we got to the Eagles. It was at Twickenham Stadium. I'd never been to a stadium gig before, and the Eagles are playing. So, oh no, we missed the beginning. And as we sat, literally, as we sat down. Don Henley went, OK, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in 25 minutes. I'm flipping it. We missed the first bit. And then he was, I don't like talking at concerts. I don't like it because I think it's rude. And I want to see that. And he wouldn't stop talking to me, this fella. Would not stop. Maxi Allen was his name. He was a producer at LBC. Would not stop talking to me, right? And I was thinking, OK. So we have to have a conversation. And then someone leant forward and said, uh, I've come to hear the Eagles, not you two. Huh. Uh, and he, Maxi then got a bit funny. And I'm like, no, I'm really sorry. Can we, and then he carried on talking to me. <gasps> Ever been told to pack it in? Well, you only need the light when it's burning low. Only miss the sun when it starts to snow. Only know you love her when you let her go. Only know you've been high when you're feeling low Only hate the road when you're missing home Only know you love her when you let her go And you let her go Of your glass, hoping one day you'll make a dream last. But dreams come slow and they go so fast. You see it when you close your eyes. Maybe one day you'll understand why everything you touch surely dies. But you only need the light when it's burning low. Only miss the sun when it starts to snow. Only know you love her when you let her go. Only know you've been high when you're feeling low. Only hate the road when you're missing home. Only know you love her when you let her go. Staring at the ceiling in the dark. Same old empty feeling in your heart. Cause love comes slow and it goes so fast Well you see you when you fall asleep But never to touch and never to keep Cause you loved her too much and you dive too deep Well you only need the light when it's burning low Only miss the sun when it starts to snow Only know you love her when you let her go
burning low Only miss the sun when it starts to snow Only know you love her when you let her go Yeah, I know Cello and repetitive words. That lad needs to get a grip. We got a fella. He's he's normally right. This fella when he tweets in, he's very close to getting a right blocking. Edward Edwards, uh, Ian, reduce the gross out, yucky and sad children stuff, please. I realise that I realise that is all female BBC producers think about. I wrote back saying which which yucky sad children stuff, please. He's written back three sad children stories in forty minutes. Women are wired up for this. BBC have lots of women producers. Oh, you mean the story about there are more kids in care, which is a really big important local story, and the story about a baby dying and two babies being ill in a local hospital that is the national news story that is a massive uh, scandal. You mean those stories? Oh yeah, okay. We won't we won't do those stories anymore. Have you got have you got any stories about um, willies that we can do? Because uh, that's what this muppet wants. I've got one about. Fast cars. Yeah, go on. Edward, go do one about fast cars. Edward, Edward, so good they named him twice. Yeah. Um, police have taken um, possession of, uh, no, they bought themselves one of those atoms. Have you, did you see it on Top Gear? No, I've never it makes watched your face Top Gear go funny. It's so fast, it makes your face go funny. It looks like a dune buggy. It. Yeah, apparently it's the only way they can catch up with really fast motorbikes. I'm sure Edward Edwards loves because um, they're just for men. Yeah. So, there you go, Edward. Fast cars for the police force, Edward. Vroom. I hope that's... Beep, beep. Ah! ah! Um, Jim's on the line near Sainsbury's. Good morning, Jim. Galimera. Ah, Galimera. Do you know what? I'm giving up speaking Greek. I'm never going to speak Greek again. You are now. Uh, how do you say... What? Uh, uh, shut up, stop, you're very boring in Greek. Uh, Why, do you want to say that to me? Yes. What? what? You want to say, shut up, stop, you're very boring? Why would you Why would you want to say that, Jim? Today of all days. Skase, stamata, isaboli, frialos. So you can't even speak it, it's your language. That's why I'm giving up. I give it just now. You're very boring, isaboli... Why are you so? Yeah, okay. Flieros, flieros, flieros. Why are you searching? Yes, okay, Jim. Why are you searching so hard for such a hurtful <laughs> phrase? Sunny <laughs> joke. Uh, come here, you yeah. big Greek lad. You're not properly Greek. You're Cypriot, but I won't hold that against you. I believe you're waiting to put some air in your tyres. No, I've switched the engine off now because I'm on the radio. Yeah, so good for I'm you, good for you. That's a great uh, tip from Jim. What, what would you like to uh, say? I've just been to Napa, just come back from holiday in lovely Napa. Oh. Was it, it mental? Was, it was very nice. It wasn't loud enough for uh, us, yeah. actually, yeah. Ian, if yeah. I must say. Yeah. They kicked us out of the club at 4.30 in the morning. What, for being rude? So we had to come home. Yeah. Oh, man. Nah, Everywhere. Nah. Oh. We're doing Greek dancing. Yeah. Oh, the, hand grenades. Yeah, the Greek dancing <laughs> with... Uh, Jim, you, you, you've actually... I think you've crossed the line into actual mentalness. Probably, yeah. yeah probably. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't wait. We couldn't hack it when we came last night. No. It's so quiet So here. quiet, isn't I, it? I Jim, how do you say I'm going to cut you off for being an idiot in Greek? <laughs> there you go. I couldn't have put it better myself. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Ever been told to pack it in? That's the question this morning. Uh, maybe you were talking too loudly or you were just kicking the back of a chair during a very poignant movie uh, about some of the atrocities of World War II. 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
In Borehamwood, the A1 southbound, we've got queues at the moment between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. The M25 anti-clockwise heavy going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Also on the M1, speed sensors showing things quite slow London bound between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. We got, we got through the first hour. It looks like we made it once again. Who'd have, who'd have thunk such a thing could be humanly possible? Lots to talk about. We'll have the latest on that story of those uh, babies that have been poisoned in various hospitals, including two in the L&D. Also, have you ever been told to pack it in? We'll maybe speak to you after the latest news and sport with Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. The headlines, two babies taken ill at Luton and Dunstable Hospital, rise in number of children in care and five-year ASBO for Milton Keynes beggar. BBC Three Counties Radio. Two babies have fallen ill at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital with blood poisoning linked to a suspected contaminated drip. They're said to be responding well to antibiotics. A baby has died at a London hospital. There are 12 other cases across London and the south-east. The Lister Hospital in Stevenage and Stoke Mandeville in Buckinghamshire also received affected batches of the liquid food, but health officials say cases at these hospitals are unlikely, as the BBC's James Alexander explains. The use-by date on this contaminated batch was the 2nd of June, so officials don't think there's any more of this stuff in circulation. But as a precaution, an alert's been issued to all neonatal units across the country. If they have got affected stock, it must be destroyed. The health regulator says they're not expecting any more cases. The number- the number of children in care across beds, hearts and bucks has risen. Buckinghamshire has 50 more children in care than last year, leading to a £2.5 million overspend. More from our political reporter, Paul Scoynes. The figures for Bucks include seven children whose care can cost as much as £250,000 each per year. In Milton Keynes, there have been 30 more children, and in Bedford, an increase of 16. Councils have an obligation to provide care for vulnerable children, but councillors say the rising costs add enormous financial pressures to already cash-strapped authorities. A beggar from Milton Keynes has been given a five-year antisocial behaviour order for being abusive and aggressive towards people who didn't give him money. Police say 20 29-year-old Jamie Cook from Fuller Slade has been causing problems in several locations across Milton Keynes for many months. They say he presents himself as homeless, but has been living with his long-term girlfriend since 2009. Crews from St Albans have been dealing with a fire at a recycling plant in the early hours of this morning. 100 tonnes of wood chippings were involved at the site in Acrewood Way. BBC News has discovered that some major banks and credit card companies may have significantly underpaid the compensation due to customers for missold payment protection insurance. One expert's put the shortfall at around £1 billion. All the firms insist they've made every effort to pay the correct amount. Caroline Wayman is from the Financial Ombudsman Service. I think it's very clear if it's caused by the missale of the payment protection insurance, then that should be given back to them. If it were to be found that there was any sort of widespread failure to carry out a proper calculation, that would most definitely be disappointing, yeah. 
Hundreds of D-Day veterans are gathering in France to mark the 70th anniversary of the invasion. Over the next two days, events will take place along the 50-mile stretch of the Normandy coastline, where Allied troops landed on five beaches on the 6th of June 1944. In sport, England drew two all with Ecuador in their World Cup warm-up match in Miami, with goals from Wayne Rooney and Ricky Lambert. And Andy Murray's through to the French Open semi-finals after a five-set win over Gael Monfils. He'll play defending champion Rafael Nadal tomorrow. The weather mostly dry with sunny spells, still a chance of a shower though, a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It has everything you could wish for. Good shops, character, life, nice people. It's all about where you live. There's lots of people around that we know. There's a really good sense of community. And all this week, we're featuring Stony Stratford. It's got character and you'll find something to do if you want to join in. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Four minutes past seven. It's Thursday. It's pretty grim out, I think. Is it? Lots coming up on the show, including a drug company expresses sadness for newborns poisoned at the L&D. Buckinghamshire Council counts the cost of kids in care. Care. Oh, man, we found the loneliest lollipop man in the world. He's, he's at a, a, a crossing that, well, n- why would anybody want to cross there? If you want to see a picture of him, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. I'm, I'm tempted to send people down there to go and give him something to do. Because we're the BBC and we're not allowed to tell lies anymore, yep. um, we just have to say oh. that that picture on Facebook is a dramatic reconstruction. What, the it's one the of real him? lollipop man, but we yes. have um, taken artistic licence with the setting. We, 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 ha- we have uh, bended the... Uh, we photoshopped him. There wasn't really a tumbleweed there. No, there was no tumbleweed there. We'll give out his precise location and maybe you can go and have a little look later on. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, We've got some texts here. Uh, Liz has texted in, can you tell me where Justin Dealey is? I missed the show on Monday, I haven't heard him since, and I see he's not doing his Saturday shows for the next two weeks. Thanks, Liz. Well, well Liz, uh, unfortunately, Justin's beha- Justin was in on Monday. His behaviour um, crossed several lines, uh, and he's been suspended for two weeks. By that, he means he's gone on holiday and isn't suspended at all. And he's probably having a really nice time. And his behaviour was no more over the line than usual. That's not to say it wasn't over the line, but... So he's off. He'll be back in a couple of weeks when the suspension is lifted. And he'll be thinking of you the whole time. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, there's a very sad story that's uh, in uh, most of the papers this morning. A batch of contaminated feed is thought to be the reason why two babies at the uh, Luton and Dunstable Hospital and 12 others across the southeast are being treated for blood poisoning. A newborn died at St Guy's in London on Sunday after being drip-fed from the same batch. Joining me now is Professor Mark Fielder, Professor in Medical Microbiology from Kingston University. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning. Uh, very, very sad story. Are we sure that the feed is, is the problem here? Could it, could it be anything else? 
Well, the speculation is at the moment that it's the feed. There seems to be some evidence that, um, according to the um, Public Health England, strongly links um, the feed with this um, very, very sad outbreak. What, what exactly is the infection? What is it that these babies have got? Well, it's an organism called Bacillus cereus, which is an organism that actually exists in the environment um, with quite a lot of prevalence. It's around us all the time and doesn't normally cause us too much of a problem. If it does cause a problem, it normally is in um, gastrointestinal disease, but diarrhoea and vomiting um, from, from swallowing it. The problem we've got here is the fact that if it is in the feed, which is, is what the speculation is at the moment, that it's gone into the baby's bloodstream uh, and that's caused, very sadly, this blood poisoning. And these are, uh, are ill or or at least very weak babies anyway, aren't they? So they're, they're immune. I mean, would they have stood a, a, a better chance of, of fighting if they had been healthier babies? Well, you're right. They are unwell babies. They're, they're, they're premature babies. And this, this sort of feed that's been given is given to a lot of people who are um, uh, very vulnerable, who can't perhaps take food through the normal oral mouth route. Um, so we are dealing with some very vulnerable patients. Now, when you get an organism in something like the bloodstream, that's a problem in itself. When you compound that with the babies being um, not so well in the first place, then um, unfortunately you get this, this potential outcome. We know that uh, one baby has very sadly uh, lost its life. Uh, the others are on uh, antibiotics. It, should that deal with it effectively? I think it's very likely that it has, being that these children were all affected at a similar time and the fact that, thankfully, we haven't had any more deaths reported. Um, coupled that with the release from the Public Health England that suggests that the babies are responding well to antibiotics, um, we very much hope that this is um, now coming to the end of the problem. How could it have got into the, 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 this, this process? Is, is it, is it uh, a lack of hygiene? Is it, what could it be? It's actually quite difficult to say at the moment, and to be honest, anything I say at this point in time is nothing more than speculation. The investigators have gone into um, the pharma company to try and establish exactly how this happened. So what they'll be doing is looking at the entire process of production, and in looking at that, they will try and establish where this organism got in from the environment into this product, if that is indeed the case. And this is in, things like this infection in um, in drips and in things that are, are given intravenously. It's very rare, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's rare. Um, that it, it, assuming that it has got in via the drips route, which which seems the most likely at the moment, um, that is a, a very unfortunate event because drips are used routinely in hospitals across the world, and you don't hear of this situation very commonly. So, um, it's a very unfortunate incident. And finally, Mike, what would what would the symptoms of this infection be? How, how would it affect these children? Well, it's uh, in, in the case of these, these babies, because you've got a blood-borne infection, then their temperature will have um, risen sharply, and the organism, as it starts to grow in their blood, can release toxins, which starts to um, cause a number of physiological events, which makes the babies very unwell. Very sad story, Mark. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Professor Mark Fielder, Professor in Medical Microbiology at Kingston University, 08459 555. <laughs> This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey up, Dennis. Good morning. Good Ian. morning. Sorry, Good. can I apologise? I did tell you to shut up yesterday morning. Oh, yes, you did, didn't you? Yeah. Ah, I can I take it. I've got, I've got broad shoulders, Dennis. I can take it. Right. Now then, first of all... We're, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I've just realised, we, we were asking, have you ever um, been told to pack it in, or have you ever told uh, anybody else to pack it in? Yes, 
asked you yesterday. You, but you, you do it quite... You've got a bit of a, a reputation for this, no, haven't you? Yeah, yes, no, you have. No, no, no. You're no, saying no. you've never done it before? No, not to anybody like you. Win, will you shut up? Sorry? <laughs> sorry, what, what, what did you say, Dennis? Win, will you shut up? Yeah, go on, sorry, what was that? Win, will you shut up? You see where I'm going with that, don't you, Dennis? Well, that's unfortunate. It's because she... Re- she was I, talking. I'm trying to convince... Win, will you shut up? Shut up. There we go. That's the third one. Third one in two days. That's man tuning for saying be quiet. OK, well, that's marvellous of you. What would you like to say, Dennis? I'm just saying about... When? Will you shut up? Apart from that, what else would you like to say? Yesterday, wee willy wonky. Yeah, OK, are we going to get any sense out of you this yes, morning, Dennis? Yeah, I am. All right, OK. Saturday morning, listen to uh, Justin Dealey. Play some absolutely fantastic he's music. He's been suspended, Dennis. Have a bit. Where, by what? Wee Willy Wonky. Yes, I don't God. know. For goodness hey, sakes, be, be, Dennis, be, be, be. what did you call about? When? Will you shut up? Oh, flippin' heck. Being suspended. Yeah. Right. Yesterday, the... Wee Willy Wonky. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, it's all to do with Willy Wonky. Uh, yes. In the mail yesterday, yes. there was a young fella in, a, in Malaya had seen an advert for something to expand his wedding tackle. Oh. It was going to cost 100 quid. Oh, for goodness sake. So thanks. he sent the money away and they sent him a magnifying glass. D- ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Hey, Dennis, do you want to have some fun? Yeah, go on. Right, I, um, OK. Oh, I've forgotten it. Hang on a second. Oh, right. So I'm take. I- I've got a whole series of jokes. Oh, yeah. No. Sorry? Go on. So, Dennis, you can all chip in, but I want Dennis... Dennis, I'm... Um, where is Jamaica? This, this isn't the joke. Where is Jamaica? In Caribbean. Okay. Dennis, I'm taking um, my wife on holiday to the... I, I took my wife on holiday to the Caribbean. Yes. No? Jamaica? No, she went of her own accord. Oh, God. No, 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 there's more. There's more. I took my wife to see Neil Diamond in a far... On, uh, in concert... In uh, like a small country, I think it's an island in the far east. Go on. No. Japan. No, not Japan. What would it be? Japan. Small. No, 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 no. It was. Um, it was in the far east. He's a singer. He's a wealthy singer. That's what we're working towards. Oh come on, guys. Tom Jones. No, it's Neil Diamond. Uh, Dennis. Yes. Singapore. I took my oh, wife okay, to see yeah. Neil Diamond in concert in a small uh, Far Eastern country. Singapore. No, he's quite wealthy as it happens. <laughs> oh dear. Sorry? These were in Comic Cuts 1936. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> um, I've got another one. Hang on, let me think of, think of another foreign place. Great like? delivery. There's another foreign place that sounds like something. Oh, okay. I've just made one up. This is how good I am. So I took um, my. This, this is this is happening. This is happening at the moment. I took my yuppie Sloan Arranger wife, who's a little bit lethargic. This is brilliant. On holiday to the Far East. Singapore. No, done that one. Jamaica. No. She went of her own accord. She's, um, here, here are the clues, Dennis. Yeah. She's a yuppie, Sloan Arranger, yeah? Uh, who's You're feeling a little bit down, little bit down in the dumps. Hang on, Kath's got it. A little bit down in the dumps. No, I haven't got it. Java. No, why, why would it be Java? And why would it not be Malaysia? Malaysia? 
All right, do it again. We'll do it. Okay. So, oh, like malaise. Yeah. Because people know that. <laughs> I'm trying to bring them up to the BBC's level. Go on, go on, go on. So I took my yuppie Sloan Arranger wife, who's a little bit down in the dumps, to on holiday to cheer her up in the Far East. Malaysia. Why not? Yeah, no, uh, no, Japan. Uh, Dennis. Did you make that up? Yes, I did. I, 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 or, or I wrote it. Whichever gets me the most money. I wrote it. Oh, dear God. Sorry? <laughs> I said, dear God. <laughs> Honestly, 1936 comic cuts those things out of. Blimey. All the best. Good morning. Wee Willy Wonky. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the Black Cat roundabout on the speed sensors, the A1 southbound is queuing as you head towards the roundabout. And the M1 London bound, heavy going now between junction 10 for Luton and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 anti-clockwise, slow going between junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 7.16, it's Thursday the 5th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An investigation is underway after two babies fell ill at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital with blood poisoning linked to a suspected contaminated drip. A baby has died at a London hospital and there are 12 other cases across London and the South East. The number of children in care across beds, hearts and bucks has risen. Buckinghamshire has 50 more children in care than last year, leading to a £2.5 million overspend. And in sport... Uh, England drew two all with Ecuador in their World Cup warm-up match in Miami with goals from Wayne Rooney and Ricky Lambert. BBC Three Counties Radio. World War One at home on the BBC. After we'd done all our donkey work, the army saw that we had made good. Revealing untold stories. The members of the society would welcome an opportunity of doing something to help the patient and faithful creatures whose lives were being sacrificed in the service of our country. Discovering local memories. I need not say again what my predecessors and I have felt as to the immense help you gave the government by allowing us to make trials in secret at Hatfield. World War One at home. He asked her to come and organise Rest Park to be turned into a convalescent home. The torpedo got us in our forward magazine, thereby killing everyone forward. World War One at home. Every morning this week from 8.15 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, Tony's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. Tony, what would you like to say, boss? Well, first of all, Kelly appears to tell me you're an intelligent man. That's correct. My rating of Kelly's gone down. Ooh, hang on a second, Tony. Can I just ask, um... Yes. How many, um, episodes of The Weakest Link have you won? Uh, The Weakest Link. Is that a programme? Yeah, so I've won one of those. And how many episodes of Mastermind have you won? Uh, about half of one. Yeah, OK. I've, I've won a whole one, Tony. I've got a trophy, so... I was on 15 to one years did, ago. Did you win it? No. Uh-uh. Out like a bolt of lightning. They've brought 15 to one back, and I, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to watch it because it's not got William G on there. D- d- is it any good? No. No. Not the same. No, not the same. No, William G had a sort of gravitas, didn't he? Didn't he? He also directed Love Thy Neighbour. Did he? Yeah, I know. It's weird, isn't it? 
He, so he, he's gone from being one of the best quiz hosts and he also directed a, you know, a very dated 1970s sitcom. Anyway, Tony, we've proved that I'm cl- cleverer than you. What would you like to say? Right. Question I'm doing for my um, degree yep. in consumer law. Yep. And it asked me to differentiate and explain the difference between unlawful and illegal. Okay. What do you reckon? What? What's the difference between unlawful and illegal? Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing the punchline. Is it got something to do with mother-in-laws? No, unlawful is against the law. Illegal is a sick bird. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you very much. Hang on a second, we need something to celebrate that. Yes, we need this. Here we go. What's... I don't understand what's happening, Catherine. Um, I think... Jokes. <laughs> oh, no! I think. Wowzers. OK. Look, Kyle? Oh, hi, Ian. What's happening? Uh, not too much this morning, yourself? Uh, well, not a lot. Well, actually, say not a lot. I'm going to go and have a look around the Big Brother house immediately after this. Oh, exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Anyway. We start? Oh, sorry. No, we, we can... No, no. What, you've called in for a little bit of bants. Fun bants. Uh, yeah, fun bants I've got for you. Go on, then. Uh, I've got the, two of the uh, comments, like the jokes we were saying before with Dennis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, they were good. I was making those up on the fly. They were good, weren't they? Well, they, they were good. There's, there's two that me and my friend do. Here we go. But, but I'm hoping I, don't, I hope I don't muff it up now. Yeah, do you, I, I suspect you're going to muff it up. Hang on a minute. Paul, Scott, Paul, Paul, come in and sit down. Uh, Kyle's going Kyle's to do some excellent jokes for us. Get your headphones on. Okay. You're going to need this. Right. Yeah, I'm all ears. You're, you're all ears. We've got Paul Scoins here, Kyle and me. Oh, he's got two, two jokes he's going to do for us. He's hoping he doesn't muff it up. And I'm wishing him the very, very best of luck. I'm touching wood. <laughs> Away you go. Kyle, okay. over to my, you. My wife went away on holiday last year. Oh, yeah. And somebody says, Russia. And I went, no, she went quite slowly. But where did she go? Well, uh, Russia, Moscow, I think, maybe. But I, the, but, I don't know. But so she did go to Russia? Yeah. Did she have a nice time? Uh, she loved it, yeah. How long was she away for? Uh, about two weeks, I think. All in all. Okay. Did she go on her own? Uh, yes. And you're all right with that? Yeah, no, I'm fine. Absolutely fine. It was uh, like a travelling package. Russia? Would you, <laughs> would, you, would you like my other one, since you didn't like that then? Oh. I thought you were setting the scene. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of context for a joke. Russia? Uh, Jakarta. No. Let's have the second one. Okay, uh, I've got a friend who lives in Bournemouth. And I'm sorry to hear that. She says, in Dorset, I said it's highly recommended. It is nice there. It's a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. So Great, great beaches. Man, the, the beaches in Bournemouth are brap! That what? It's, it is good. I would endorse it as well. Thoroughly. Yeah. I'll, Should I'll we get on to these we'll jokes go. then, Carl? Because we're running out of time what? a bit. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I'll just go now. I feel, I feel like I've let you down. I feel like I've let you down, Paul down, team. And myself, really. Sorry. We'll leave it at that then, shall we, Carl? All right, then. Cheers, Ian. Bye, mate. Bye. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. On to slightly more serious things. The number of children in care in Buckinghamshire has increased in the last year. There are 50 more children than last year, leading to an increased cost to the council of £2.5 million. It's also been revealed that seven of those children cost around a quarter of a million pounds a year each. Well, political reporter Paul Scoynes has been uh, looking at this. Paul, why is, why is it so expensive? Well, those uh, seven children are uh, quite specifically... In, in that sort of more vulnerable category, they need secure care. Uh, they are in the minority. There are actually, I think, more than uh, seven uh, in the county who cost that much. And that is uh, a figure which is replicated across Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire. All councils have to, they are obliged to to deal with, uh, at a moment's notice sometimes, these, these children who can end up costing them a lot of money. Uh, and, uh, uh, and that is sort of a picture across the country. That is something that the government have been uh, lobbied on by, on behalf of, of the local government association, various other parties who have been trying to uh, uh, get government to, to uh, allow more money because this is a huge amount of spend for local councils. Lots of people think that roads, you know, bins, leisure centres, that's the sort of thing that local councils spend their money on. Mm. That's only a very tiny proportion of actually of their budget. The vast majority goes on children's, adults' services, um, you know, effectively acting as parents for a lot of children and so we're seeing this picture across the patch we've seen uh, increases in Hertfordshire only just but they've got around uh, 1,040 children in care in Milton Keynes in the last year it's gone up by 30 children to around 300 another nine in Luton so they're nearly at 400 and in Bedford an increase of 16 children too so this is a picture that they're saying is being replicated all around the patch. Paul, stay there. Thank you very much. Natasha Finlayson is chief executive of the Who Cares Trust, a charity which calls itself the voice of children in care. Good morning to you, Natasha. Morning, Ian. Most of our councils have seen these numbers rise. Mm. Is that a concern? Um, it's, it is and it isn't, Ian, because what we call this is the baby pee effect. And what that means is that the rise has been particularly sharp in the numbers of children being taken into care since baby pee. So that that reflects the awareness among social workers um, of what might be going on in some homes and might be being disguised by parents and fairly hard to detect and the disastrous consequences for a child if the social workers don't act. So they become very risk-averse. Their decision-making would fall on the side of, of taking the child into care rather than potentially leaving them in a life-threatening situation. Natasha, we've had a couple of tweets suggesting that maybe sometimes uh, social workers are a little bit overzealous in their putting children in care. Do, do, Do we always get it right or do we sometimes go over the top? Well, social workers are professionals, but they're humans as well, and we all make um, bad decisions or sometimes, don't we, in our professional lives. So, of course, nobody's going to say every single decision is right because these are really, really hard judgment calls to make, particularly if a child, if there's no signs of physical abuse, it's very hard for social workers to make that decision about whether or not a child is suffering severe emotional neglect. Um, but, of course, it's not social workers' decision. It's the court's decision, this idea that social workers are all 
powerful and can snatch children is you know it doesn't work like that at all there's lots of people at different levels involved in that decision and ultimately it's a court's decision about whether or not there is a threshold of evidence to justify this incredibly drastic act of taking a child away from its parents into the care of the state some of these kids and i know it's it's a, a, a very small minority but some of them they have huge amounts of money spent on them sometimes as much as half a million pounds a year mm-hmm. what, what, what's that for um, that's for the children who have experienced very severe abuse from a very early age. And, um, you know, let's not beat about the bush. I know it's a breakfast show, but when we talk about abuse, we mean children who are being violently attacked, who, who are being raped, who are being exposed to horrendous, horrendous things within that household. Um, they're very damaged. They're very traumatised. The, the effects are long-term and far-reaching. Um, I mean, think about Baby P. If he hadn't been killed, if he had been taken into care, he would have been one of these children who need this expensive care. They need, you know, lots and lots of therapy. They need round-the-clock care. They need to be in specialist places that are right to care for them before they can then, then perhaps go on and stay with a foster family and start to be reintegrated into mainstream school and, and pick up some kind of life. What happens when a child goes into care? Well, they'd be placed with either, depending on, on the nature of the problems that the child has, <coughs> with foster parents. So three quarters will go, will go into fo- a foster home and the rest will go into a children's home. That tends to be the older children from about 14 up. Um, perhaps if, if their behaviour is particularly um, challenging, then they'd be more likely to go into a children's home. But then again, there's that small proportion that we were talking about, uh, some of whom that you have in your area, whose needs are very, very complex. They could have disabilities as well. They could be uh, self-harming and suicidal. They could be a danger to other people because they're acting out the violence that they've experienced and mm. seen in their homes. Um, and it's absolutely right that we do spend this money on them. It's very complex trying to heal mm. and support and care for these children. Natasha, thank you very much indeed. That's Natasha Finlayson, Chief Executive of the Who Cares Trust, a charity which calls itself, itself the voice of children in care. I'm getting very tongue-tied this morning, Paul. Uh, it, it is incredible that it's going up, and it's, it, it, it is... Uh, it, the, the amount of money that's being spent is a lot. Mm. I think people will be hard-pushed to argue against it, though. No, absolutely. And I, I have to say, when you do go out on... And I've gone out and asked, you know, in these street interviews, Fox Pops, before asking people where they think their council money is spent. Yeah. And in the most uh, cases, people think it is understandably the stuff that you see. So your swimming pools, your leisure centres, your your, um, your roads, the potholes, you know, those kind of mm. things. Actually, that is, and I, I think it's really worth underlining, just such a small amount of money when you talk about the whole amount of money that councils are spending. If you're talking about a, a pound, mm. that's probably only five to ten pence of every pound goes on those things. Mm. The, you know, the vast majority, around 30 pence in the pound, goes on, uh, sorry, 50 pence in the pound, goes on, on, on children's services, education, so on. So it's a, it's a huge amount of money that councils have to spend. Paul, thank you very much. 08459 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise, heavy going between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. The M1 London bound is still looking slow between Junction 10 for Luton and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. On the speed sensors in Chesant, the A10 southbound slow going as you head towards the M25 from Turnford. And also between Dunstable and Mark Yates, the A5 southbound heavier than usual at the moment. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. A 
across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. An investigation is underway after two babies fell ill at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital with blood poisoning linked to a suspected contaminated drip. They're said to be responding well to antibiotics. A baby has died at a London hospital. There are 12 other cases across London and the south-east. The number of children in care across beds, hearts and bucks has risen. Buckinghamshire has 50 more children in care than last year, leading to a £2.5 million overspend. And Hertfordshire Fire Service will be staging a major training exercise exercise at the Bunsfield Oil Terminal in Hemel Hempstead this afternoon. Residents are being asked not to worry if they see a large number of emergency vehicles heading to the site, the scene of a major fire in 2005. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England drew two all with Ecuador in their World Cup warm-up match in Miami with goals from Wayne Rooney and Ricky Lambert. Raheem Sterling was sent off but won't miss any World Cup games. He will, though, miss Saturday's final friendly against Honduras. His manager, Roy Hodgson. You're always going to struggle in, in moments of the game against teams like Ecuador with their pace and their technique. But a large number of the opportunities, if you like, that they created for themselves were when we were really attacking, when we were going forward for all it's worth. And maybe what we've got to make certain is that we shore up a little bit better behind some of these attacking movements and make certain that it doesn't go directly against our back four. And it's been revealed that Arsenal's Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain will have a scan on his knee today amid fears he suffered a ligament injury. Watford have confirmed that goalkeeper Manuel Almunia and defender Marco Cassetti are leaving the club along with Naren Nosworthy and Fitz Hall and Luton have announced three home pre-season friendlies against Belgian club Royal Antwerp and League One sides Colchester and Peterborough. Andy Murray is through to the French Open semi-finals after a five-set win over Gael Monfils. He'll play defending champion Rafael Nadal tomorrow. Here's Russell Fuller. Having Having won the fourth set at a canter, Monfils was perfectly poised to cash in on the remaining 30 minutes of light. Just 24 minutes later, however, Murray was celebrating victory, testimony again to his phenomenal mental strength. He's now won 14 of his last 16 five-set matches, and this one was contested deep into enemy territory. The two five-set matches he's already played may take their toll on Friday, but Murray is playing as well as he ever has on clay. Not that Nadal looks in any mood to relinquish his title, having won 12 of the last 13 games against David Ferrer in his quarter-final. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at 8. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Literally, this very second managed to get Paul Scoins out of my studio. I know. Guys. Chatterboxes. No, I was doing the get... He's coming back in. He's in here. I was doing the get the Scoins out of the studio signal, and uh, you didn't. You left him there with me. Well, he looked like he was enjoying himself. He's very upset. Someone, someone. We know we have a little game where we phone up Paul Scoins. I phone up Paul Scoins anonymously. Yeah. And I um, don't say anything, right? Well, someone, I don't know who it is has given his number to a professional T-shirt printer. Really? Yeah. Why would they do that? I don't know. And this professional t- this professional T-shirt printer started phoning him up anonymously. This is getting out of hand. Hey! Oh, look at that! It's like one of those zombie films. Oh, his phone's off. Yeah. Scoinsy's standing in the corridor. The what? There. The what door? The corridor. Oh. What? Isn't it corridor? Is that- it corridor? I say corridor. Do you say toothpaste? No. 
It's not really a door, is it? He's really uncomfortable looking. <laughs> Isn't he? He's I can just see a shadow. Oh, he's doing the uh, no. going down the escalator thing. I didn't know we had stairs outside that window. Gosh. Oh. <laughs> up in the lift. Ah, oh, wait, four, five. Put this. Let's put the phone call straight through. Let's just do it. Who's up? Kelly, who's up first? Put them through. Uh, maybe you should ask the question again. About... OK, who's up first, Kelly? Have you ever been told off by a stranger? Call me now. 08459 If you haven't, we'll tell you off. I could um, call Dennis again. No, 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 no. Just let, just put whoever's first up, just put them straight through. It doesn't matter. Go on, who we got? Uh, hang on a sec. Uh, oh, there seems to be a problem with the system. Ah, just yeah. put them through. Whoever's called up, just whack them through. Just whack them straight through. I'm in that kind of mood today. Come on. Just, I, I don't, no holes barred. Let's just put them straight through. OK. Um, just getting it. OK. Here it is. Here we go. Here we go. Who have we got? Put them straight through to... Line, put them on line one. OK. Hello, line one. Who's this? Hello. Who's this? It's Clary. Clary. We've not heard from you from ages. What have you been up to? Um, just this and that. Yeah, bit of this and a bit of that. Yeah, bit of this and mostly that, really. Yeah. That's been the main thing. What about you? Well, I've been doing the radio show, haven't I? Oh, I forget you're on the radio. Well, yeah, that's where you... I'd love you to... It's funny, because you, you've got really kind of similar irritating voices to our Kelly Betts, but she's nipped out. Where's Kelly gone, Kath? Uh, Lou, oh, I thanks, think. mate. Sorry? Thanks, mate. She says that as well. Who? Kelly Betts. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So what you got planned for today? Um, maybe that. What? This and that. Okay, okay. Well, that's, that, that, that's great. That's great news. Have you ever been told to pack it in? Um, no. <laughs> Have you? Yeah, it's not the best call, Kath. Um... Put, put someone else through. Hey, put some, that's really mean. It is mean. We'll say goodbye to you, Clary. And hey. Come back in. OK. Kelly, come back in. Come back in, Kelly. Um, I'm Clary. What? I'm Clary. No, I know. I'm telling Kelly to come back in. Why are you saying it to me? No. Kelly? We're different people. Hang on a minute. I, Kath, I can, I can hear your voice in the background of this phone call. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, someone's on the phone. Hang on. Flipping it. What on earth is going on? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Should we have a look at the front pages of the papers? I've thrown the uh, the, the Sun have got it in for uh, Justin Bieber. The Sun have got it in for Justin Bieber. I sang this. I'm sorry, Bieber World Exclusive. Brat grovels over the N word. He's been caught on camera quite a few times saying, um, well, saying the N word. Do you know what? My thinking is coming round on this ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. We always hear the N-word. We don't always hear it, but the N-word. And I'm talking about... See what you think about this, Catherine, right? We hear the N-word. When I say the N-word, I mean the phrase, the N-word. Not the actual N-word. Right. The phrase, the N-word. Right. And I've been thinking about this a lot. We've had Clarkson saying the actual Mm N-word. We've had Bieber saying the actual N-word. Yes. And we have the papers saying the phrase, the N-word. Yes. If we just say the actual N-word, don't we disempower it? Don't we just... Don't, doesn't that take the power away from it? I think it's too delicate a word for us to use. And the, when you say us, do you mean us in the context of the radio? Radio? Yep. Pl- because there are people who yep. don't know it's coming. Well, it's like I wouldn't say the F-word or the S-word or the C-word exactly, on the radio. Yep. Exactly. Yep. But I also think... 
as white people, we don't have, we don't, we can't make that call. I think, see, I think we can. Because they were using it flippantly. This is the worst thing, that they were using it flippantly. But I I don't... I'm surprised. If we were to have a private conversation... This is... Hey, man, we're kind of getting into... Not metaphysics, but... If we were to have a private conversation about the the actual C word... Yes. We would say the actual C word. I don't... I don't feel massively comfortable using that word. Why? Don't like it. Don't, it's ah, ugly. I think it's ugly. It's an ugly. It's an ugly word. But and it's so just the other words. But it's just they're just words, though. It's not as if I'm punching you in the face. However tempted I am to do that, it's not as if I'm doing that. I'm just saying a word. It's weird, and I can understand why people are uncomfortable around these words. Of course, I can. Uh, but it's just words. Mm. Should we be censoring? But they're so loaded. Yeah, but they're just words. They're just words. And if we uh, say... There's, there's a, a very famous Lenny Bruce routine where he goes around saying the N-word because he's disempowering it. i tell you what got me thinking about the N-word, the phrase the N-word and the actual N-word, is I was listening to uh, an audiobook of one of my favourite comedians, David Cross, he's an American comedian, and he uses the N-word in it. He uses the N-word in it. Uh, and I kind of thought, oh, this is making me uncomfortable. Why is it making me uncomfortable? Actually, it's only making me uncomfortable because I've told I should be... F- society dictates that I should feel uncomfortable with this word. Actually, in the context he's using it, it's fine. And it doesn't bother me at all. I, I can't quite get my head around it, but I just, I just think we kind of pussyfoot around th- th- words. is another one you probably can't say. But around words that... If we just kind of in, grabbed them and used them, it, 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 we give them too much power. Yeah, but are we grown up enough as a society to do that yet? In the context that he's, he's saying, he's, he's, he's doing a silly racist song, Bieber. Okay, uh, ridiculous. Okay, fine. But in, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just kind of think that, you know, it, they're just words. It's not as if we're running around with a handgun firing off shots in the well, supermarket. I know we what just... you mean, and I'm not the sort of person who shies away normally from things that are difficult to talk about, but that is one of those things. That, uh, it would never occur to me to use that word. No. And there aren't that many conversations I have about that word. No, but upstairs, we had a conversation about Justin Bieber using it, and we didn't say the N word. We no, used we, the we phrase. We didn't talk about him using the word. We just called him a plum, didn't we? Yeah, but it would have been. I imagine. I make up. It would have been awkward and uncomfortable for us to use the actual N word. Say, oh, Justin Bieber said. The, you know, Justin Bieber said the actual N word. Or is it good that it's shocking now because it was thrown around and used carelessly to suppress so many people for so long? Is it good that we're shocked by it? Does it mean that we're, that we're um, waking up? Here's, here's another thing. I'm doing Big Brother starts this, this, uh, this week. And uh, before each series of Big Brother, we have what is called a compliance meeting where we sit with a lawyer, two lawyers, and they, uh, they kind of tell us, you know, what we can and what we can't say and what we should expect and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and last year, there was uh, rumours that... Uh, well, that last year, uh, for the Celebrity Big Brother, Hello. it was talked about that someone might be going into the house who uses the N-word freely because mm-hmm. of their, their culture and their background. And in that meeting with the lawyer, the N-word was said about 35 times. The actual N-word. By the lawyer. By the lawyer and by, um, by other people in that room. Okay? It, was, it was used in a free discussion of, can we use this word, yes or no? The word was said, and it was put in various different contexts. Okay? We had the same meeting this week with a different lawyer, and they said the phrase, the M-word, as opposed to saying the actual M-word. Now, what's the point I'm trying to make? I'm not quite sure. I just think that, I just think that it's got too much power, and we could kind of take the power back. It's like, um, well, I don't know what it's like. 
I don't know. I'm going off on a slight tangent. I'm trying to get my it's, head around. It's like it. the B word used to describe women. No. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's. I think I, that's awful. Ah, uh, I think it's. Well, that's again, that's evolution, isn't it? Because in the eighties, you, you'd get Joan Collins in Dynasty calling someone. Yeah, know. but that's the we're allowed to say it, no one else is yeah, argument, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, the same with the Q word for gays. They've, yeah. they've uh, queer, we can say that, I think we can say that. They, uh, that, that word has been kind of... Uh, well, they repossessed it. They repossessed it. Someone turned up at the door of the Collins English Dictionary and said, we're taking that word. Uh, I don't know. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Little, uh, little uh, tangent there. Morning, Colin. Morning. Good morning, Colin. What have you got for us? Uh, I beg your pardon? Novinophobia. Well, you're the, the, the no, novinophobia. Okay, so uh, let me work this out. Novin. Uh, I'm, oh, gosh. Good, you're good with languages, Catherine. What's that going to be? Novin. Is it something to do with new? Something new? Nope. Wine. Yeah, the, the fear of running out of wine. Oh, that's made up. Novinophobia. You made that up? This is on Facebook. What's on so, Facebook? The, the phrase. Afraid. Okay, so you do. And you, how oh, about this one? What one? What? When do we start doing made-up words? Oh, I don't know. I just thought I'd ring in because they tickled my fancy. I'll go on in. Let's. let's uh, it's not. It's nice to have your fancies tickled every once in a while. These are both from a, uh, a Facebook friend of mine in 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 America. Okay, what part of America? Um, I'm not sure where she is actually. Mm. Uh, Gosh, it, did you not? Because I've yeah. got I've got Facebook friends in America. I'm not anymore because I'm not on Facebook. But one of the first, what part of America are you from? Chicago. Oh man, awesome! I've heard about that place. Oh, I've got all all sorts of from right from Montana right down to everywhere. Montana to right. everywhere. Okay, yeah. Second one. Yes. Uh, you know you're getting older when you use the word "singy" all the time because you can't remember what things are called. When you what? You know you are getting older. Yes. When you use the word "singy." Thingy. Thingy. Oh, think I thought. Okay, thingy. All the time because you can no longer remember what things are called. I'm of an age now, and I have been for the last five years, where I do the thing, Colin, of walking into a room and having no idea why yeah. I'm in that room. And I have to, and I, I've started saying out loud, "What earth did I come in here?" Mm, yes, I, I, I've been, I've been having that for a while. But I'm starting. I've, I, I've, I've given up fighting it, Colin, and I embrace it. If I'm walking into the bedroom and I go, "Oh, why on earth?" and I can't remember, I'll have a little lie down. <laughs> why is that funny, Kels? Mm, that is amusing. Thank you, Colin. Well, any room. Well, quite often, yeah. So I'd... if you went to the toilet, no, oh, why did I cut my Oh, just lay down. I generally remember what I've gone in the toilet for. Yeah, although, yeah. Although not always, Carly, because sometimes you go in the toilet to get something. Sometimes I yeah, go in the toilet for a bit of peace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just lock the door, ten minutes. Yeah, there we go. Well, Colin, that's certainly filled some radio time. Well, I thought you might enjoy it. Ah, you're wrong. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had an update from Bridget in Luton. Hitchin Road, that's the A505, is blocked just by the Sports Village. That's because of an accident, causing queues on both approaches at the moment. Also on the speed sensors in Beaconsfield, the Amersham Road, slow going as you head towards the M40 at the A40 roundabout in the Old Town. 
In Kings Langley, the A41 queuing as you approach the M25. Then on the M25 itself, anti-clockwise carriageway, heavy going between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Coming up, we have the loneliest lollipop man in the world. But before that, it's 7.46. It's Thursday the 5th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An investigation is underway after two babies fell ill at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital with blood poisoning linked to a suspected contaminated drip. A baby has died at a London hospital and there are 12 other cases across London and the South East. The number of children in care across beds, hearts and bucks has risen. Buckinghamshire has 50 more children in care than last year, leading to a £2.5 million overspend. And in sport, England drew two all with Ecuador in their World Cup warm-up match in Miami with goals from Wayne Rooney and Ricky Lambert. 7.46, let's get the weather with Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very much indeed. A much better day in prospect for today than the day we saw yesterday. Good spells of sunshine developing through this afternoon right across the three counties. Generally dry. There's the risk of a couple of stray showers around uh, but mostly we're looking at a dry day and a high of 17 or 18 Celsius. A good few degrees warmer than we saw yesterday. And a warming process in the next couple of days. Higher still for tomorrow around uh, 21 perhaps 22 given some good spells of sunshine tomorrow but a quite humid feel developing overnight into Saturday. Uh, temperatures really not falling away and then on Saturday the risk of some thundery downpours developing. In fact uh, they could be with us right the way through Saturday morning into uh, the middle part of Saturday and for the afternoon started to clear up a little in the evening but we do have a Met Office weather warning in force for those thundery downpours on Saturday we could have some torrential rain out of them but also there'll be some drier and brighter interludes mixed in too. And then on Sunday drier, brighter and uh, a little bit cooler and fresher feeling. Top temperature on Sunday, 19 or 20 Celsius. Monday starts dry, rain by the end of the day. Thank you very much. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. There's lots of people around that we know. There's a really good sense of community. Inviting everyone to where you live. We've got the Lice High Street, which is really local, so everything you need, really. It's one of those places that has retained its character and will hopefully continue to do so for many, many years. And all this week, we're featuring Stony Stratford. It has character, life everything you could wish for and you think you're in a village but you're still in Milton Keynes If you've got a story everyone should hear about let us tell them about it where people want to work together to make the best of what we have The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks Stony Stratford, this is the place to be From BBC Three Counties Radio Now we took a phone call the other day from someone in Stuartby who was rather baffled by the appearance of a lollipop man outside the town's new academy Nothing new about that, you might think, except the children are 14 to 18-year-olds, and this bloke is sitting there all day with absolutely nothing to do. Well, our reporter Craig Lewis smelt a big story here. He jumped off in his car uh, with a microphone and went off to find out exactly what's going on. I'm on Green Lane in Stuartby. It's a pretty quiet road, apart from the rumble of the odd builder's truck going by. Not too many people crossing here, though. But none of that deters Theodore, the lollipop man who's made his residence on these... uh, rather green uh, lane down here with the birds tweeting in the background. This is his home for the day, and I'm going to have a little word with Theodore now. 
Yeah, right. because the police uh, ask the law enforcement. So the police say you've got to be here, yeah? Yeah, because it make the working road there, you see, itself. And it's, I must stay here too. It's coming the, because the, it's coming the kids yeah, from the... From the, the college? College. They must help them to close the road. It will be safety because here big girls, dumpers, lorries coming, car, you know? I, I must be sure the road safe. How many people do you think you've helped across the road today? Today it's been the one group to the children from the class, small children, maybe 35, 30, something like that. 30 odd? Yeah, because the school is coming and they bring in the park to, to see the birds, you know, something like that. The ladies who is coming to the park to jump and or just close to the baby trolley, you know, kids. The same is coming like that. So you kept pretty busy, really? Yeah, it's not quiet. Can we cross the road? Did you? Yeah, come on, let's cross the road. <laughs> but now it's not car. There's no car here, but I still get the, still like the joy of crossing the road. See, the problem I've got now is I'm here on the other side of the road, and I'm going to need you to help me back across again. <laughs> so I'm going to come back over the other side of the road. There is a car coming now, so I feel it's more important. I, I should get out of the way of him, really. No, no problem, because he's stuck. Does it give you a bit of power having the side? Hey, power. It's like safety. If it's not crazy to punch me to that car, if it stop, it stop. You no. Know? Yeah. It's road signing. If it stop, you must stop. If you're going in the city, if yeah. you see the sign stop, you need to stop. No, just cross. If it say stop, you must stop the car. Security is not coming left, right. Road, no? Well, he sounds like a thoroughly decent gentleman doing an excellent job. He's not council lollipop man. He's working for construction company Kier. They're doing some building nearby, but it seems a little bit over the top to have this gentleman stood there when it's not really needed. Well, Carl Hagerman is from the Institution of Occupational Safety and Health. Morning, Carl. Good morning. Have you ever heard of a company doing something like this before? I haven't actually. I haven't heard of a company actually employing a, a lollipop person to uh, manage traffic. Um, usually it's temporary traffic lights or barriers or road closures and that sort of uh, system in place. So this is, a, this is a new one for us, actually. Is it really necessary, do you think? I mean, it's, it, it, it's not a... Uh, No-one crosses there. No-one crosses there. I know. I was just listening to the report there. It's a, it's a tricky one, really. Um <laughs> It depends on the hazards. It depends on basically the, the company's obviously got a duty of care to make sure that the pedestrians are safe and they need to just to assess the risks and make sure that what's sensible and appropriate to put in place. Um, you know, the public themselves drive past every day will think and will, will know whether actually that mm. is mostly inadequate or actually it's ludicrously overkill. I don't actually know the road itself, but the options for the company, I mean, would it be worth them actually putting traffic lights there uh, with the generator running all day? Or do they kick paid or on for a few extra hours in between um, to save them going home? I suppose it's all relative to the circumstances. Mm. It's, uh, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say the phrase, uh, I, I vowed I would never say the phrase on radio, but, but it, this is all linked to health and safety, uh, and quite often the health and safety rules are, they're misinterpreted, aren't they? They are, yeah, they are generally so. I mean, most of the, the problems and bad perception of health and safety, it's when folk who are not professionals in health and safety um, are overzealous and they put health and safety controls in place which are over the top or possibly even not even needed. Um, and it's really about having things that are sensible and, appro- and proportionate 
with, with that anything with health and safety. And unfortunately, also, we usually find that sometimes health and safety is used as a reason for not doing something, mm. which is a great shame. And it, cause it, it gives health and safety a bad name. Actually, health and safety, it turns out, is quite a good thing because it's there to protect people. But, but you're right, with people being overzealous or, or not wanting to, to fill in a form or take a risk, it means that, that some things do get cancelled or, you know, seem ridiculously well protected. Well, exactly. I mean, for example, for the likes of Theodore, um, I'm sure he's a very dedicated person. Um, if he wasn't there and there was a fatality, then there would be, you know, a great investigation of why and how and what should have been done. However, if Theodore today actually stops the car and saves somebody's life, then nobody will know about that. Mm. It will just be something that has been put in place. The good news stories of health and safety always are not really reported. Um, they just go on that, you know, people aren't hurt. Yeah. It's only when there's an accident when it's actually then, and rightly so, there's an investigation see why somebody's been injured. Wouldn't it be great, though, if we go, okay, well, there was an event at the weekend, and due to the uh, health and safety rules, no one was hurt. Yes. It'd be yes. nice to report that, wouldn't it? Instead It'd of the, <laughs> the nonsense. Oh, the, they've cancelled the, um, the, the, the Maypole because of health and safety. Carl, I appreciate you coming on and explaining things. It's Carl Hagerman from the Institution of Occupational Safety and Health. Call 08459 455 BBC Three Counties Radio. And I didn't say health and safety gone mad. Oh, you just said it! Ow, bum. Oh. What are you like? Because if, if, if you buy health and safety and political correctness, they're both actually quite good things. They're quite good things because they protect uh, vulnerable people, people who are being exploited and people in work situations. And let's think back to the days before health and safety, the sort yep. of risks people were exposed to, the sort of awful accidents that happened at work. We, we all knew someone in the 70s, didn't we, who'd lost a couple of fingers in the workplace, didn't we? I'm sure we did. We all had, one of our dad's mates had a couple of fingers missing because they cut it off with a chainsaw. Uh, so health and safety is a good thing, and political correctness is a good thing. It's just when it's taken to the nth degree that it's not such a it's good thing. It's when it's used as an excuse for not doing something, as Carl for, said. For, um, I was trying to think. I didn't want to say Maypole then, and that, that was the Conkers. Best. No, not Conkers. The, the, the um, fellas with the uh, hey and uh, hey, the hey nonny nose. What are they called? Morris men. That's it. I think we should just ban Morris men outright anyway because it's flipping weird. <laughs> I like the weirdness. No, no, it's just weird. Why would anyone do that? Morris is very big up north, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. He's... My uh, cousins do it. Oh, for goodness sake. And they wear all the... the They've got the, the balloons and the no, hankies tra- and the bells. Tracksuits. Well, that's not Morris dancing. The dancing is Morris. That's, that, no, you're thinking of the dancing they do in Morrison's when <laughs> they've managed to get a grown-up to buy them some booze. That's what that is. No, I'm, I'm all for tradition and stuff like that, and I like a bit of maypole because it's a little bit foie. We all know what the maypole represents, don't we? Yes. Foie, yeah, that's right. Let's get some kids to dance around a mate of big phallic symbol, shall we? Yeah, that's not weird. But the, the Morris dancing, I just... It, 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 it's an embarrassment to this country, I think. You go to some of the other countries, and some of their kind of their, their, their uh, historical uh, and ethnic dances are amazing and powerful. And the... the um, who are the the the, the 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 New Zealand fellas? The Maoris. Oh, the Maoris. Yeah. The Maoris. Oh, it's a war dance. It's a war dance. Flamenco passion. Oh man, alive! We got Maoris dancing. <laughs> got a bit Maoris dancing. They got Maoris dancing. Or Irish are... dancing. The Irish dancing. They're, 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 that's nuts. They could kick you to death, couldn't they? <laughs> they could kick you. But to they won't death. touch you. They won't touch you. But there's a let's put some bells around our knees and we'll just bash sticks flipping. Supposed to be virility, isn't it? All that stick bashing. Well, hey, I bet they're knackered after all that. And who'd want to sleep with a Morris dancer? 
Ke- let's ask our uh, voice of youth. Kelly, would you ever sleep with a Morris dancer? Bells on or off? On. Sure. Okay, okay. That's an interesting, uh, interesting take on it. Let's quick look at uh, two of the newspapers Daily Mail. Uh, Britain's first secret trial. Terror case will be held behind closed doors, and it's only thanks to a free press you know it's happening at all. Well, this is a, this is interesting. A trial is to be held entirely in secret for the first time in British history. So, the papers aren't allowed to know about this trial. They aren't allowed to know who it is. I think it's a terror trial. That's it. They're not allowed to report on it. They don't know anything about it. The people who know about it are the newspaper's lawyers. So the newspaper's lawyers have been told, so they can argue the case of the newspapers, but the lawyers aren't allowed to tell the newspapers that there's a trial going on in secret. Now, this is on the front page of the Daily Mail, along with Justin Bieber's uh, racist outburst. And Kath came in this morning, she went, oh, no, that's terrible. I said, yeah, well, it is awful. They're going to hold a, a, a trial in secret. It kind of, you know, it, it gets right to the heart of what it is, the, the British judicial system and how it should be fair and open. She went, oh, no, I didn't see that. I was talking about Justin Bieber being racist. You see, that's, that's the problem. Catherine, they're playing on the fact that we're more obsessed with Justin Bieber than we are with... Uh... I'm not obsessed with him. I just I don't know why it's front-page news. Teenager is plum. <laughs> Rich teenager says some silly things. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Luton, the Hitchin Road is blocked just as you go by the Sports Village after an accident. Thanks to Bridget for phoning in with an update on that. On the speed sensors, the A1M southbound are heavy going around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And in Watford on the sensors, the A41 slow going at the Dome roundabout as you head towards Bricketwood. The M25 anti-clockwise heavy going between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Got a story uh, from Carpet Martin about being told to pack it in. Ever been told to pack it in? Let's get the news with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, the headlines, investigation after babies poisoned at Luton and Dunstable Hospital, more children in care across the three counties and World Cup injury scare for England. BBC Three Counties Radio. An investigation is underway after two babies fell ill at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital with blood poisoning linked to a suspected contaminated drip. They're said to be responding well to antibiotics. A baby has died at a London hospital. There are 12 other cases across London and the South East. The Lister Hospital in in Stevenage and Stoke Mandeville in Buckinghamshire also received affected batches of the liquid food, but health officials say cases at these hospitals are unlikely, as the BBC's James Alexander explains. The use-by date on this contaminated batch was the 2nd of June, so officials don't think there's any more of this stuff in circulation, but as a precaution, an alert's been issued to all neonatal units across the country. If they have got affected stock, it must be destroyed. The health regulator says says they're not expecting any more cases. The number of children in care across beds, hearts and bucks has risen. Buckinghamshire has 50 more children in care than last year, leading to a £2.5 million overspend. In Milton Keynes, there are 30 more children and in Bedford, an increase of 16. Natasha Finlayson is Chief Executive of the Who Cares Trust. What we call this is the baby pee effect. 
And what that means is that the rise has been particularly sharp in the numbers of children being taken into care since baby pee. So that, that reflects the awareness among social workers um, of what might be going on in some homes. Hertfordshire Fire Service will be staging a major training exercise at the Bunsfield Oil Terminal in Hemel Hempstead this afternoon. Residents are being asked not to worry if they see a large number of emergency vehicles heading to the site by Junction 8 of the M1. The terminal reopened in 2008 following the explosion and fire in 2005. BBC News has discovered that some major banks and credit card companies may have significantly underpaid the compensation due to customers for missold payment protection insurance. One expert has put the shortfall at around £1 billion. All the firms involved, including Barclays, Capital One and Lloyds, insist they've made every effort to pay the correct amount. A beggar from Milton Keynes has been given a five-year anti-social behaviour order for being abusive and aggressive towards people who didn't give him money. Police say 29-year-old Jamie Cook from Fuller Slade has been causing problems in several locations across Milton Keynes for many months. They say he presents himself as homeless but has been living with his long-term girlfriend since 2009. In sport, there's a World Cup injury scare for England. Arsenal's Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain will have a scan today after suffering a knee injury in last night's two-all draw with Ecuador in Miami. Here's captain Frank Lampard. We don't know how bad it is yet. Fingers crossed for him because, you know, so close to World Cup, who wants to to bail out but um, I don't know I mean it looks an awkward one I'm not a doctor we'll see but he was playing brilliantly The weather mostly dry with sunny spells still the chance of a shower though a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a town where people want to work together to make the best of what we have and to support each other. And all this week we're featuring Stony Stratford. Got the Lice High Street which is really local, so everything you need really. It's all about where you live. It's a, a friendly place with so much going on and it's attractive as well. The big tour from BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy, busy morning. Coming up, a drug company expresses sadness for newborns poisoned at the L&D. Buckinghamshire Council counts the costs of kids in care. And when have you been told to pack it in? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459... Four double five, five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, a big story that's uh, in most of the newspapers. The manufacture of a hospital feed strongly linked to the death of one baby and the illness of 14 others says it's saddened by what has happened. ITH Farmer's comments came as uh, two babies received treatment. Sorry, come as two babies received treatment for blood poisoning after being put on drips at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital. They're said to be responding well to treatment. Well, Catherine's been looking into this. Catherine, what's going on? Well, medical regulators were called in to investigate an incident that happened last Thursday at the drug company ITH Farmer's manufacturing plant in London. Somehow, liquid baby feed, which was destined for hospitals across the southeast, it seems, were contaminated with a bacterium called Bacillus cereus, which is 
very common. It's in soil, it's in dust, it's everywhere. But of course, if it's going to vulnerable people, mm. it has more of an impact. Now, at this stage, we're not sure how that contamination happened. An investigation's been launched, but the feeling is that it was accidental rather than sabotage. And this infected fee could be the reason that 14 babies have blood poisoning at the moment across South East, two of those babies um, in the Luton and Dunstable. And sadly, one died on Sunday. Now, later on, you'll be speaking to... In fact, you've already spoken to the medical microbiologist, Professor Mark Fielder. Here's what he told BBC News. I think it's an extremely unfortunate situation, one that occurs occasionally but is very difficult to circumvent. It appears from what we've got the evidence so far that there is a, a breach in um, the production of this uh, material which has and then got into these vulnerable children and, and caused the problems that we've seen. In the meantime, that batch of contaminated feed has been recalled and at this point of the 22 hospitals, including the Lister and Stoke Mandeville that had um, elements of that batch in its stock... Um, only six intensive care units have reported cases of blood poisoning. And I say only six, but that, of course, is bad enough. One of those six units where babies have been taken ill, of course, is the L&D. Yeah, as I mentioned, there have been two cases there. And here's what the hospital told us, that they identified the bacterium infection and started the affected babies on antibiotics straight away. They told us that Health Protection England is continuing to assess the situation there and advising hospitals um, that have affected those six units of the action to take. Um, we had a statement um, telling us that Dr Jennifer Birch, who's the L&D's clinical director for neonatal intensive care, said, we are informing all of the parents whose babies are being called for in our neonatal intensive care unit about this situation. We're reassuring them that the infection does not spread from baby to baby. The two babies who've been infected are being treated with antibiotics and uh, we are using an alternative type of parenteral nutrition. Other cases were reported at hospitals in London, Cambridge uh, and Brighton, and the surviving babies, as I say, are said to be responding well to antibiotics and their parents have been informed. Dr Martin Ward-Platt is a consultant paediatrician in neonatal medicine. He says the level of communication among hospitals is good. There are a number of mechanisms run by the um, Public Health England through the Health Protection Agency. There's quite a, a live grapevine between the units. Um, associations like the British Association for Perinatal Medicine that will often carry alerts very quickly to places. It's a very fast mechanism. Oh, it's very sad. We're both parents and you can't begin to imagine what this must be like. What, what do we know about the baby that died? Not a lot, only that the child was being treated at St Guy's and St Thomas's in London where he or she passed away on Sunday. That was a day after being diagnosed with the blood poisoning. It's understood they've got two more cases there that are being treated mm. at the moment. This feed would have been used in drips feeding very vulnerable, very weak and fragile premature babies through their bloodstream because they're too tiny and ill to be fed by mouth. It's awful. An investigation into how this sad case on Sunday happened and how the 14 other babies came to be infected is underway and I'm sure more will emerge in the next few days and weeks. Catherine, thank you very much. Very sad story indeed. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. told or been told to pack it in carpet martin uh, has emailed in ian i grew up in the popular seaside resort of lytham st anne's which was also a home to a number of retired 70s celebrities as always with carpet martin's stories i'm having to sense a bit there are just illusions that when he came on he didn't sound like no. he was from lytham did he no Sounded quite posh. Well, I, I believe this story. One evening, as an excitable teen boozing in the saloon bar of the County Hotel with my similarly youthful chums, we spotted everyone's favourite comic and catchphrase presenter, Roy Walker, oh. drinking with some friends at the next table. 
The party was subsequently subjected to hearing our mocking jibes of say what you see, it's good but it isn't right and other quite slanderous things that he might want to do to Mr Chips <laughs> in cod Irish accents. I now recognise, thanks to Brad Pitt's fabulous turn in Snatch, it was more like an accent from the travelling community than Roy's actual one. I'm ashamed to say I was the ringleader of the goading. In fairness to Roy... He gave it about an hour before he came over and asked us to pack it in, which we did. <laughs> I hope that's the kind of story you were looking for. That was the longest tweet ever. Uh, it's, it's an email. Oh. P.S. I hope it doesn't affect the validity... <laughs> P.S. I hope it doesn't affect the validity of my story, but he didn't actually say pack it in. He used a sexual swear word in the middle. <laughs> well, I don't blame him after an hour. I know, an hour of it! Blimey! Glenn's in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Glenn! Good morning, Ian. You've got a packet-in story for us, have you? No. Oh. All I, all I said to, to Kelly was, oh. was that uh, we had a teacher at school that yes. never said packet-in. He used to say, quit the raving. I don't know whether you've heard of that. Quit the raving? Yeah. We were a very uh, boisterous class in the geography, and uh, that's what, that was his phrase, you know, quit the raving. That's like my mum in the 80s when I was always... Well, I never went out raving. What, did, did, surely that was, is the kind of phrase... That the uh, would get a teacher bullied mercilessly. Well, it was 1973, so 1973. I don't think raves were, were ever. Uh, no, okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, they, yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Quit the raving. Quit the raving. Imagine being at the school in 1973, the year I was born. Flipping it. I wasn't. My parents weren't even married then. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No. Can't imagine 1973. It was a dark year. It was was a... it black and white? Yeah. No. It was. It was. Um, some. Some of it was in colour. It was three years before the long hot summer of 76. Yeah, I was three then. Yeah, I wasn't born still. <clears throat> what? No, in 76. I was born in 77. Flipping it. Yeah. You missed punk. I was around for punk. I. I was. I was there. I was at the. I was at that gig at the Hundred Club. Yeah. Age. Three. <laughs> Age three. Yeah. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Let's have a look at the front page of the newspapers. A football man hurt his leg. I need to gen up on the sports stories. Let's find it. Let's go to the back. Let's go to the back page. Which football man was it? Uh, Alan Oxley Smith. Uh, Robert Preston. Uh, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. Oxlade Chamberlain. Alan Oxlade Chamberlain goes down. In pain, don't yeah. we all? Under a challenge from Carlos Goretzo at the Sun Life Stadium in Miami yesterday. He plays for Arsenal, doesn't he? Arsenal winger faces knee scan. Yeah! Woo. You've got to say it with a bit more feeling if you want to get five live, love. Yeah, I'm doing five live next week, and I've had an email saying... Saying, I've, don't say football's rubbish. No, I've had an email saying, right, we're going to be talking about the first match of the World Cup, so make sure you watch that. <laughs> okay. Do you know when it is? Huh? Do you know when it is? It will be... The, the, the Thursday night. Who's playing? Oh, I don't know that much. Oh, what? The Reds and the Blues. They're the key things to know. The Reds and the Blues. Where did the Telegraph hide their sport? OK. But you're really good at, at pretending you know what you're talking about, so you'll be fine. Misery in Miami. Ecuador 2, England 2. I don't know if you saw the match last night, but England really were giving it 41%. Who scored? Uh, Rooney scored one. Yeah. And um, um, let me. I could, Ricky Lambert. What was the score? To all. To who? <laughs> the one time I looked up, it was 1-0, so there was more goals, was there? There was more goals, oh, isn't it? I was reading. 
Um, okay, right, so that's that sports done from there. Okay, this is good, this is good. I'm going to get away with this. Let's go to, uh, let's go to popular sport. Let's go to the sun. Crocs! This is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain again, who's placed for Arsenal. He's hurt, isn't he? He's going to go for a scan today. Croc means poorly, and they're using it for Oxlade. I got that. Right. <laughs> I got that. They're funny at the sun, aren't they? Funny football. Alex, well, let's go, let's go in, let's go in, Paige, see what happens. Shaken and unstared. Don't get that. Uh, Ross Cambossi, I don't get that. Okay, right, got that, got that football story done. Agony for Alex. What's this about? Him again. It's the same story, is it? Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. World Cup dreams are on the knife edge after he he suffered suspension. This is what you, are you allowed to do this in football? If you're doing a friendly, like with, let's say, one of the biggest teams in the world, I don't know, um, Italy? Um, and you know that they've got a good chance of winning the World Cup, surely you would just take a ringer, wouldn't you? you take a ringer and say, right, um, Rooney, you're not as good as you used to be. Were you ever actually that good? What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take down and injure three of their star players for us. Away you go. You'd do that, wouldn't you? You would take them down and damage them and so that they don't stand a chance in uh, Rio, which is where the World Cup's taking place. Why, but you're still not going to win, so why would you do that? That's you'd just thuggery. St- you'd stand a better chance of winning because you've taken their star players right, down. Take Italy I see you what you're saying. Spain. Yeah. K- K- Kelly gets totally. it. You're, you'd make a really good manager with that tactic, I think. I'd make a better one than the current manager, Fabregas. Yeah. No, I think that's a good idea. Fabregas is the manager, is he? Why not? Why not? Right, instead of making paper aeroplanes out of the uh, back pages, maybe you should, I don't know, read them? I don't want to read them. Sport's well boring. <laughs> I, was, I was only joking. I was only Do joking. Do you like any sport or is it just football? I totally love all sport, Kels. The whole thing about me not liking sport is an act oh, okay. for the guys here. I love the footballs. I love the tennises. Andy Murray's playing the tennises. I love a bit of the old, uh, the old darts and the snookers. I love the cricket. Oh, I love yeah. cricket. I love it. Yeah. I like it when they um, rub the ball on their thigh, like an apple. You yeah. imagine they're going to then eat it. But they don't. They, they don't. It. They don't. You know what they're doing? They're affecting the swing of the ball. Of course they are. They're not just doing it for apples. I thought they were scratching themselves. They got like because those trousers are quite starched, and so they got scratched. But you can't just stand in front of a few thousand people in Sri Lanka and scratch your old. Uh, so they pretend that you're, they're, they're polishing their ball. Well, I mean, it's scratching themselves. Same thing, really, isn't it? Technically. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Luton, the Hitchin Road is partially blocked just by the Sports Village after an accident. On the speed sensors, looking slow on both of the approaches at the moment. Also in Hartford, the A414, both of the approaches to the centre of town looking busy and queuing at the moment. In Kings Langley, the A41 also got some queues there as you head towards the M25 from the Hemel Hempstead turn-off. On the M25 itself, anti-clockwise, heavy going between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thanks very much indeed. 
It's 8.16, it's Thursday the 5th of June, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An investigation is underway after two babies fell ill at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital with blood poisoning linked to a suspected contaminated drip. A baby has died at a London hospital and there are 12 other cases across London and the South East. The number of children in care across beds, hearts and bucks has risen. Buckinghamshire has 50 more children in care than last year, leading to a £2.5 million overspend. And in sport, there's a World Cup injury scare for England. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain will have a scan today for suffering a knee injury in last night's two-all draw with Ecuador in Miami. Brazil, of course, being the home team, will be playing first. It'll be Brazil versus Croatia, the opening game on Thursday the 12th. England's first game, of course, is a week on Saturday. That's against Italy. England will really have to work hard to neutralise the powerful attacking force of their key striker, Toto Shilachi. An England strike team of Paul Scholes and Ryan Giggs is really going to have to turn up to the park. BBC Three Counties Radio. Imagine a radio station with no music. What's your favourite biscuit? Imagine a programme without conversation. Listen to me, I'm really important. Imagine an afternoon with no local stories. Hundreds of miles away, something really impressive is happening. Sounds pretty boring. Mm. Which is why we have Nick Coffer. BBC Three Counties Radio, Nick Coffer, here until three o'clock. Every weekday he'll bring you the music. Gallagher and Lyle, I want to stay with you. Every breath you take, that's the police. The conversation. His dedication to local musicians has led him to starting Papermouth. And the local stories. Today we're going to be looking at the work of the Bedford and Milton Keynes Waterways Trust. Say no to boring afternoons and listen to Nick Coffer. Weekdays from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This no. is Ian no. Lee. BBC Three Counties no. Radio. Michael Naylor has tweeted, I think, my, I think my radio is broken. The display shows BBC Three CR, but it sounds like I'm listening to a football expert on Five Live. I know. I totes, listen, it's all been a sham. The last uh, uh, 15 years of uh, my career where I pretended not to like football has all been a sham. Actually, uh, I support Chelsea FC and I love all of the sports. You like the Kevin Keegans? I, no, I, seriously, I do. If you, if you go to the Chelsea website... There's a picture of you. Go to the Chelsea website now. Oh, right. OK. And look on celebrity supporters. <laughs> Have a little look. Chelsea website, celebrity supporters. Look, it's this guy... What, uh, who plays for Chelsea? Well, that is, uh, well, uh, that is by the by. I know that, fella, that fella's left after 13 years. He's got 16 offers at other clubs. I can't find a section of the website that says celebrity supporters. Well, maybe it's not on the official Chelsea website. Who's the captain for Chelsea? You don't uh, love me. You, you know him. He's the one that always puts the trophy up. John Terry! John Terry. If you want to ask me any questions about sport, 08459 455. Five to five. You found that bit yet, Kath? Not yet. Celebrity supporters of Chelsea. Let me Google it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something. Okay, you Google it, and I'll do the the World War One thing, shall I? This year marks the centenary of the First World War. In partnership with Imperial War Museums, the BBC has been looking at how local lives were affected in a project called World War One at Home. More than nine million men and women are estimated to have served in the British and Commonwealth Armed Forces during the conflict, and almost a million died. But for those who were wounded, many came back to Britain to be treated. The owners of a number of stately homes offered them to be used as hospitals and homes for convalescing soldiers. 
West Park in uh, Rest Park in uh, Bedfordshire was uh, w- w- one of the very first to do that. It's now run by English Heritage. Tara Gungerful has been there to meet two volunteers, Debbie Radcliffe and Jane Hayward. They've been looking through the archives at the property's role during the First World War. I really love this photo of, of all of the soldiers in the hall. They've yeah. come from, you know, some horrific Seen some scenes. horrific things, and, and here they are actually listening to music, singing songs, and it's yeah. just the complete opposite, isn't it? Yeah. Ron Herbert was the owner of the house, and he was involved in the war office, and immediately, when he could see that the need was there, he offered Rest Park as a potential convalescent home here for soldiers. His sister, Nan Herbert, had a little bit of experience of volunteering as a nurse before in Serbia, and so he asked her to come and organise Rest Park to be turned into a convalescent home for the ordinary Tommy. They couldn't believe the luxury that they were living in, not, not in terms of you know, sort of food and things like that, but they had people to help look after them. The surroundings were so beautiful, the park was so beautiful, and it was definitely a, a wonderful place for them to convalesce. That was right in the beginning, and then, and then here later, we are. We have photos it of the operating theatre, looks much theater, more magical we? now, doesn't it? Look, yeah. look, look, look at that beautiful, um, looks like a marble fight of well, place. It's one with of the, the bedrooms upstairs, isn't it, that has been converted into an operating theatre? And then they have Nan Herbert kept a detailed diary. The whole place has been scrubbed up. Mm. And you- Monday the 17th of July 1916. Hectic day, long round in Sea Ward. At 12.15, emergency operation, Kirkwood took off man's arm. Have never seen anything like it. Up to the elbow, the arm was rotten and blue. Gas gangrene. As the wars progressed, I mean, we're now into sort of 1916, so by now... It's definitely not a convalescent home. It's definitely a place where operations have to take place. And we have a list on one particular day here. So it involves amputation of a toe, removal of plate from a femur, shrapnel in knees, having to wire up somebody's jaw. It's just reminded me of um, how important some of these doctors were. Dr Beecham, Dr Kirkwood... Dr Treve came here. Wasn't he the uh, doctor that operated on the elephant man? Yes, he was. By the time he came here, he was quite elderly. But I think it was such an emergency that he was going around the country doing emergency operations. Mm. Very, very busy hospital. And then on the evening of uh, the 14th of September 1916, there was a fire. As I reached the hall, Dr Kirkwood was coming down the stairs. Fire. Hadn't we better call through to the London Fire Brigade as well as the local ones, he asked. Yes, indeed, and we'll clear the two main wards at once, I replied. Luckily, everyone worked extremely hard and they managed to get everybody out onto the lawns, um, grabbing valuable items, portraits, valuables. But then really that was the end of rest during that, that busy time when it was such an important hospital. Well, if you'd like to find out more about our local stories from World War One at home, then click on bbc.co.uk forward slash WW1. You'll be able to see and hear how World War One changed life in beds, hearts and bucks and find hundreds more stories from across the UK. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Buckinghamshire Council say children in care cost them an extra £2.5 million last year. In the last 12 months, the authorities taken responsibility for 50 more young people, seven of which cost around a quarter of a million pounds a year to keep 
each. Well, Angela McPherson is the Cabinet Member for Children's Services. Good morning, Angela. Good morning. Angela, how much pressure is the Council under as a result of the, the cost of this care? Yes, it is under a huge amount of pressure. As you mentioned um, in your introduction, we've seen significant increases in demand, like many local authorities across the country, uh, particularly for taking children into care. As you say, we have had a net increase of 50 children um, and the lowest estimate for looking after um, children in care is around £50,000 per annum. So if we do the maths on that, uh, with 50 extra, that equates to £2.5 million. So that is presenting us with a huge amount of pressure. Um, and also, the most vulnerable children, we've seen an increase uh, in their numbers. And again, as you mentioned, they can cost the local authority up to £250,000 per annum. I was going to ask Angela, can it continue? But the, the council doesn't have any choice in this, does it? Correct. We do have statutory obligations to look after these um, most vulnerable children after we've done assessments and when they're referred to us. Now, obviously, taking children into care and placing them in residential accommodation, which is very expensive, is not the best outcome, to be fair. And what we're trying to do, and have just been doing in the last two weeks for fostering fortnight, is encourage as many um, people as possible to come forward to provide stable and caring home environments for some of these very vulnerable children because actually... A, it is um, less costly for a local authority, but most importantly of all, it delivers a far, far better uh, future outcome for very vulnerable children if they're placed in a consistent, loving background with uh, good foster parents. So that's really um, the thrust going forward of what we're trying to do. Why are some of these care packages so expensive? Well, as I say, the residential packages are really the most expensive. And if you look at the secure accommodation packages, it, um, it relates really to intensive one-to-one um, care for these children who can be um, very complex in their behaviours. For example, they may be self-harming children or they may represent um, you know, harm to others. So often there are two or three professionals involved in their care, and that is extremely expensive, as you'll appreciate. Uh, £2.5 million, a lot of money. Uh, yes. th- that must leave you short. What, what things are going amiss because of this? Well, it does um, leave us short as a council. Obviously, we have to make um, a joint decision across the whole council as to where we can trim back and pare back services, and that's a full cabinet decision. So, yes, um, we have to fulfil our statutory obligations. But in my portfolio, I will be having a forensic look at how we are commissioning our services to make sure we're doing things in the most effective and efficient manner. So do you think that that money can be saved on these uh, these care packages, the cost of these care packages for these children? Well, as I mentioned, it's really about moving children into the most appropriate settings, which actually are um, a more cost-efficient way of doing things. So I think 
think that is um, very important and can deliver savings. Plus, we need to continue to focus on early intervention and all sorts of preventative services, which stops um, young people tipping over into care. And for me, that's the absolute focus of what we must be doing. Angela, thank you very much. Angela McPherson, Cabinet Member for Children's Services. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. We're also asking this morning, ever been told to pack it in? Or have you ever told someone to pack it in? I remember I was at a concert once and I was singing... What are the rules on singing along at a concert? Uh, as long as you're not louder than the uh, band, uh, you're uh, all right, I think. Then that gentleman may have had a point then. Oh, dear. I came here to listen to him, not you. It all depends if you're singing their songs as well. I once, uh, at a Neil Diamond concert, um, it was... Sorry? That's a sitting down concert, isn't it? Well, it, well it was, it's, the only, it's the only time I've been to one of these things. It was an audience with Neil Diamond, ah. right? And I was sat next to... Uh, who was I sat next to? I was sat next to the, 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 the cocky dancer. Brendan. Uh, yeah, Brendan. I was sat next to Brendan. And on the other side, uh, I think it was Theco. I think it was my mate Theco. Thinkston. And we were, he was singing, uh, Diamond was singing um, Crackling Rosie. Oh, Get on board. And I was like in the third row and I was singing it so loudly, I put Diamond off. And he gave me the filthiest, filthiest look I've ever seen. He basically saying, I'm singing. I put Prince off once as well. <gasps> I was in the fourth row for Prince. And I was singing um, uh, uh, probably Purple Rain or something so loudly, he gave me the evils. To the point where my wife went, oh, that was really, that was a bit embarrassing. It was obviously, okay, ever, ever been told to pack it in by a member of the public or a celebrity? <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London bound, at Junction 14 for Milton Keynes, the exit slip road is queuing. And the M25 anti-clockwise, heavy going between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. Ongoing queues in Kings Langley on the A41 between the Hemel Hempstead turn-off and the M25 as you head towards the motorway. Then in Luton, the Hitchin Road is partially blocked by the Sports Village after an accident. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The makers of an intravenous drip linked to illness in two newborn babies at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital say they're working closely with investigators. A baby has died at a London hospital. There are 12 other cases across London and the South East. The number of children in care across beds, hearts and bucks has risen. Buckinghamshire has 50 more children in care than last year, leading to a £2.5 million overspend. And Hertfordshire Fire Service will be staging a major training exercise at the Bunsfield Oil Terminal in Hemel Hempstead this afternoon. Afternoon. Residents are being asked not to worry if they see a large number of emergency vehicles heading to the site, the scene of a major fire in 2005. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England drew two all with Ecuador in their World Cup warm-up match in Miami with two goals from with goals from Wayne Rooney and Ricky Lambert. Raheem Sterling was sent off but won't miss any World Cup games. He will though miss Saturday's final friendly against Honduras. But Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain will have a scan on his knee today amid fears he suffered a ligament injury. Here's manager Roy Hodgson. I don't know what the situation is because obviously it's too close to the incident. He, 
we did see that his knee obviously buckled when the when the player tumbled into him. So we have our fears that there might be some ligament damage, but we won't know until such time as he has a scan. And at the moment, uh, it's too too fresh the injury, so we'll have to wait and see what the scan brings. Watford have confirmed that goalkeeper Manuel Almunia and defender Marco Cassetti are leaving the club, along with Nara Nosworthy and Fitz Hall. Luton have announced three home pre-season friendlies against the Belgian club Royal Antwerp and League One sides Colchester and Peterborough. And football league clubs are expected to reject the FA's controversial proposal for a B-team league at their summer meeting in Portugal today. Andy Murray is through to the French Open semi-finals after a five-set win over Gael Monfils. He'll play defending champion Rafael Nadal into tomorrow's semi-final it's definitely a big achievement but that's not what I came came here to do my goals are are different to and my expectations are different to a lot of people I, I expect a lot of myself I put a lot of pressure on myself to to perform well at these events thankfully I've I've done okay so far but still hopefully a long way to go in the tournament BBC Three Counties News and Sports the next full bulletin is at nine Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nada. Nada? Nada. Well, nada, nada. You're wearing slate grey today. And you're wearing a really nice deep blue. Oh, thanks. It looks good in you, that colour. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> it does, it looks nice. Really? I was gonna, no, it does, I was going to say it, but we got, um, we got distracted by uh, conversations. I had a funny experience last night. I went for a oh. curry with my friend Maliki. And, um, that, that sigh was for curry, not for Maliki. I don't know yeah. Maliki. No, he's nice. I'm yeah. sure he'd get a sigh if I met him. But uh, he made me laugh. He, he made me laugh. He said, he said to me last night as we were walking home, mm. he said, Jonathan, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, what's that? He said, Uh-oh. He said, well, I've never been able to work out why sometimes you call me Trish. Oh. He said, I've noticed you call me Trish. Oh, dear. I said, what? He said, yeah. I mean, I don't mind. I just wondered why you call me yeah. Trish. Yeah. I said, I'm not calling you Trish. I'm calling you Trish, as in short for treasure. Oh, th- for years, he said, he's been thinking I call him Trish. Okay. In a kind of Dave and Rodney type well, way. It, 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 I'm assuming the next question was, th- then why are you calling me Trish? It's nice, isn't it? It's a bit weird. Trish. Trish. What's what's wrong with Trish? Well, it's a bit. It's a little. You're bit. your producers. We're talking about heart face. Oh, yeah. Exactly. All right, bum it's face. Just, it's just Whoa. nice. Hey, don't even go there. It's a nice, uh, affectionate term. Trish. Call my. What do I call my friends? I call them by their name. Right. Uh, I've got a couple of friends. I call Benny. <laughs> what? I, uh, any reason? Just it's a good name, Benny. Mate, if they're girls, mate. Mate. I get that. I don't like mate. Do you not like me? No, I don't use that. Okay. Um, Matt, what, Matt, what do you... I'm going to regret doing this, aren't I? Matt, what do you call your friends? <laughs> Love, Love or Ducky or Darling. And what about the girls? <laughs> and the girls as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, name, well. my friends' names are all really rude because I've known them since we were teenagers. Yeah. Can I ask... What, sorry, Jonathan, we'll come to yeah. you in a second. I know you've got a really busy show. Where the, where the hell has Matt Lockwood been all morning? Uh, boxing people. Oh, are we going to listen to that at some point? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. very good, actually. I'm pleased with this one today. It's top-notch. Justin Dealey would be proud. <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. Why? We, uh, listen, do you want Matt on your show? No, I don't. <laughs> no. I'll do your stop with... No, um, I've made it quite clear. We'll, we'll have Danny. <laughs> we'll have Danny, because she is... Danny is yeah, Danny's very... You're not having Danny. Yeah? No, I've got Danny, you've I, got Matt. I'll tell you what, all right, all right. 
I'll, I'll take Barry off your hands. <laughs> no, you can't have Barry. I'll take. I don't mind. I've I've got low standards. I'll take Barry no, off your hands. No, it's the only reason some people listen to my show for Barry. Really? Apparently, exactly. yeah. He's so, Irish. So Barry keeps telling me. Okay. So you don't. I mean, you can have Matt for free. Right. Just, just have him. Two for one. What? Two for one. He doesn't, he doesn't look at me when he talks to me. Look, he, looks, he doesn't look at me. Well, I'm doing other things as well. I'm doing. I'm multitasking. <laughs> just, do you see what I mean? Yeah, I do. I've I've had him on the show. Oh, <laughs> that's why you won't. Mm. What's on your show today? Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine, I'm yeah. asking: Do you want the government to pay for Lindsay Sandiford's new appeal? Oh. Yeah, the 57-year-old cocaine-smuggling grandma who faces the death penalty in Bali will take her case to the British Supreme Court this morning. The UK government has consistently refused to fund the legal battle against her death sentence, but her barrister hopes the Supreme Court could put pressure on them to change their mind. Well, in April last year, three Court of Appeal judges ruled that the government's policy of not providing legal representation to Brits facing criminal, criminal proceedings abroad was not unlawful lawful. And when we discussed this on my show, I don't know if you remember last year, a man called Victor Mm. from Bedford called to say that he would like to pay for Lindsay to mount an appeal. In order for her it was to like three, was it three grand or something? Like yeah, that? they three or they needed t- about ten, right? And they'd raised about eight, okay. and he said, "Well, I'll put the final two okay. in." So I think he put about two thousand pounds in, and and he did bless his heart. Good he thing, paid yeah. for that, but her appeal failed, and she remains on death row. So I want to hear your thoughts from from nine this morning. There is now this new chance that the government will be forced to pay for her to have another new appeal. Mm. The question is, do we want our government to pay for that appeal? Do we feel as if a British person who is facing... And this isn't just... I mean, this is quite an extreme death sentence. She will be led out into a field. Mm. She'll have a bag put over her head. She'll be made to kneel down on the floor and then she'll be shot by a firing squad. Good morning, guys. It's, you know... It's terrific. Pretty extreme. Do we want a Brit to to uh, to uh, meet her maker in this kind of way regardless of the crime she's done mm. we in this country we don't have the death penalty because most people think it's barbaric and most people think that it's most unpleasant and we shouldn't have it so are we really happy to see a british person being killed in this kind of way for a crime that she's committed if there is a chance that she could have her sentence reduced to just a life imprisonment Mm. and that could be achieved by our government paying for her to have an appeal should our government pay a few thousand pounds for her to have that appeal we'll debate this this morning from nine on 08459 455 555 across beds hearts and bucks this is ian lee bbc three counties radio Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. It's 20 minutes to nine. Guys, we can do this. Matt, we can do this. 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 Okay. Okay, I'm really looking forward to hearing Matt's audio. If, if, we, if we manage to squeeze it in before the end of the show. You better squeeze it in. You better. Otherwise, but you, when did you record this on the streets of Brooklyn or something? <laughs> well, well, why have you got all, all American on my backside? You better record. You better do this. Sorry, you better play it. Oh, better. okay, okay, fine. It's, I mean, it's it's terrifying, isn't it? Really, absolutely terrifying. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. You can call in about pretty much anything. The question we are asking this morning: Ever been told to pack it in, or ever told anybody to pack it in? Or you can just give, give us a call for a chat. Morning, Harriet. 
Morning, Ian. Hello, Harriet. What would you like to say? Hello, I've got two things for you. First, um, about the whole pack it in thing. Yeah. I've never been told to do that, but a lady in a restaurant once told my father to do it. What was your What was your father doing that was that required a packing well, it in? Basically, we'd we'd gone out for the evening. This was like several years ago, and there'd been some major horrible, um, awful tragedy story on the news, and it was all he was going on about. And he he was he likes to sort of like make out that he knows everything about everything, oh. so he was really going on about dads it. Dads do Dads do that, and now I'm a dad. I do that as well. <laughs> Anyway, Mum went to the ladies, and when she came back, she said, she looked at him and she goes, the only thing I can hear from there is the sound of your voice. Oh. He, he ignores her, and he carries on going on about it. About five minutes later, a lady at the neighbouring table turns around and goes, do you mind? It's my only night out this week, and I don't want it ruined. Oh, blimey, he was ruining a lady's night. Yep, he's never been put down quite like that before. It was hey, hilarious. I, do, do, that, that does sound quite humiliating. Did, did he shut up? Yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> I, I realised I told someone to pack it in a couple of weeks ago in, in Birmingham. I was in a hotel, checking into the hotel, and there was a fella having a go at a young Asian lad behind the counter, and he was effing and jeffing, and I thought, oh, I'm not going to get involved. And then he, he used racist language. Oh, and so I, I went, Oi, pack it in, sunshine. What's your language? I actually said, pack it in. And he did. He, he kind of took a step towards me, thought better of it because I look so tough. And um, <laughs> it, I think he was just embarrassed and, and re- he realised that he'd crossed a line. Good. Good. Pack it in. What else you got for us, Harriet? Um, I've got a solution to the N-word problem. Oh, yeah, go on. Well, when we were at school, yeah. was, we didn't know any um, more insulting language than this. We sometimes got carried away and called each other pigs. Yeah. And um, one day we, were, we sort of diffused it by just going, oh, thanks, because pig is P-I-G, pretty intelligent girl. Oh, and it, it just, you know, it just diffused the whole thing. And you think that, that we, we could do the same with the, I nearly said it, with the N-word. We, yeah. could, we could come up with a, a, a different yeah, nice, meaning for it. Nice, intelligent guy slash girl, ever radiant, or something like that. Well, there you go, you see, we've just solved racism! Man, how cool is that? Put that on the uh, Not the Sony Award tape for next year. We've sold racism, Matt. No, you haven't, no. The N word's used as a term of endearment, isn't it, as well? Sorry? Endearment. Is do, do that you know the what word? The, do you, well, that is a word. Do you know what the N word is? You no, know which, I know it is. Which N word you're, you're talking about that N word, aren't you? Yes. But some cultures use it as uh, endearment. I mean, it's, it's you know. Okay, maybe your vox tomorrow is, is for you to go out and yeah. um, use that as a term of endearment and, and see yeah. if you can still walk back to yeah. the studio. Yeah, yeah. I'll okay. Try that yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Up for anything? Yeah, going to do it. Up for anything? Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. Hey, we can cross to Normandy now. It's a it's a huge day in the historical calendar. Huge couple of days. Uh, thousands of people are gathering over there. Uh, over the next two days to mark the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings during the Second World War. An extraordinary military risk for the Allied forces, with almost 160,000 British, US and Canadian troops storming the heavily fortified northern beaches of France. Although thousands of lives were lost during the battle, it's widely seen as the moment the war turned in favour of the Allies. Well, our reporter, Jonathan Alley, is at uh, one of the key battle sites at Pegasus Bridge, which was taken by forces from Buckinghamshire. He's been watching the commemorations take place. Uh, Morning, Jonathan. Talk us through what's happening where you are. 
Good morning, Ian. Well, at the moment, the uh, the crowds are gathering for the commemoration at 10 o'clock this morning, where Prince Charles is expected to be the guest of honour to honour the sacrifice of those soldiers from the Oxen Buxlight Infantry who landed here in the early hours of the 6th of June by five gliders. They'd taken off from an airfield in Dorset. With pinpoint accuracy, they were placed down next to these two bridges, which they took. They overwhelmed the Germans, repulsed German counterattacks, and the most important part of the reason for Pegasus bridges, it prevented German reinforcements being brought up, which could have annihilated the landings on the nearby beaches. And of course, this place, Pegasus Bridge that I'm standing on at the moment, is the first place in France to be liberated as part of D-Day, and ultimately led to the downfall of Nazi Germany. And you've been speaking, haven't you, to some of the veterans who landed at Pegasus Bridge at night? I have. I've been speaking to different members of the airborne forces, those men who came down in these gliders which were released by Halifax bombers to glide in and to land with pinpoint accuracy. One of the veterans told me it was a good landing because they simply lost one wing in the undercarriage. It was d- designed as a, a, a forced crash landing, but they landed took the bridges, was successful. One of those men who landed was Lance Rook. He was only 18 on the 6th of June. He's been telling me what it's like to come back 70 years on. There's a lot of friends buried in Ronville Cemetery. There's at least 10 from our platoon are buried here in Ronville Cemetery. Some of them were mates of mine. And um, the maxim that we hear, you know, they shall grow not old as we that are left grow. That comes home to me when I look at the tombstones, aged 18, 19, and I think I'm now 88. They're still 18. But uh, how lucky I am that I got a life. They did. Well, it's an amazing story, and it's going to be an amazing couple of days. Jonathan, thank you very much. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had an update from Sarah in Hemel Hempstead. The St Albans Road heading west is partially blocked at the Jarman Way roundabout. Police and the ambulance services are there at the moment and it's causing queues on the approach. In St Albans, St Peter Street at Victoria Street is partially blocked after a car's broken down. That's also making things slow on both of the approaches. In Luton, the Hitchin Road, partially blocked by the Sports Village after an accident. Traffic can pass, but it is making things heavy in the area. And slightly further afield, the M1 northbound between Junction 15A for Toaster and 16 for Daventry. The road is blocked after an accident, all traffic being held there while the emergency services deal with things. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 8.46. It's Thursday the 5th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An investigation is underway after two babies fell ill at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital with blood poisoning linked to a suspected contaminated drip. A baby has died at a London hospital and there are 12 other cases across London and the South East. The number of children in care across beds, hearts and bucks has risen. Buckinghamshire has 50 more children in care than last year, leading to a £2.5 million overspend. And in sport, there's a World Cup injury scare for England. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain will have a scan today after suffering a knee injury in last night's two-all draw with Ecuador in Miami. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Thanks very much indeed. Yes, we start this morning with some good smells of sunshine, certainly better than we have seen in recent days, uh, certainly better than yesterday anyway. And in fact, it's looking like a really nice day across the three counties. We had some cloud uh, just towards uh, well the north and it's all cleared away now. So looking like a really nice day, three or four degrees above what we saw yesterday. So feeling much warmer with a top temperature of 17, 18, possibly 19 degrees, 66 in Fahrenheit. As we go through the next couple of days, things are set to hot up but also become more humid. Tomorrow, a nice day in prospect, but becoming increasingly humid. Temperatures up in the low 20s Celsius. And then tomorrow night into Saturday, running the risk of some really heavy, thundery downpours around. Uh, They'll be with us right the way through the day on Saturday, but also, equally, there will be some dry weather. The Met Office has issued a weather warning for Saturday for the whole of England and Wales, because if you catch those thundery downpours, they could be pretty torrential. You could see quite a lot of rain in a very short space of time. But as I say, there will be drier interludes too. Temperatures in the low 20s Celsius and then a bit fresher and generally drier for Sunday. And that's your weather. Thank you very much. A Copa do Mundo no Brasil. The one we've all been waiting yes. for. Aquela que todos mm. nós estávamos esperando. Starts next week yes. across the BBC. Oh. Yes! Oh, I feel a little bit sick. Right. A bit sweaty. What, excitement? I'm building up to something. Feel a little bit sick. Go with me. I feel a little bit sick. You're oh, making dear. me feel sick by saying that you're sick. All right. Power of suggestion, isn't it? But stick with me. You, you might have what I've got. It's highly contagious, Matt. He's putting his head is it, on my lap. Is it, I've fallen over. Can you? Is, yeah, you got it, Kath. Is it World Cup fever? I've got World Cup fever! No, you haven't. You don't like football. Shut do up, you? man. That's an act. That's been an act I've been doing for the last 15 I years. Really? I have some treatment for that. Really? What? I have some treatment for World Cup fever. Yeah, go on. It's across the BBC over Yay! the next couple of weeks. World Cup fever. Wow! Is it online? Wow! Yeah, why not? Is it on phone? Uh, Probably not. Smartphone. Be rubbish on the phone, Matt. What are you talking about? <laughs> right, so listen, guys. Matt Lockwood is here... We have no idea why, but we have used him to gather uh, a little bit of filler. I mean, two minutes, 41 no, seconds. No, it's a bit of magic, this is. I'm uh, pleased with this. OK, what was... what? I can't even remember why we tried to get you out of... Well, I know why we tried to get you out of the studio, but what was the, the false premise we gave you? You said, ask people if they've ever been told off by a stranger, but you're using the phrase now, pack it in, aren't you? But I didn't use that phrase to ask people my questions. What, what phrase did you use? Go to foot of our... Have been told to go to foot of our stairs inside the... <laughs> Pots. You ever been told off by a stranger? That's what I used. And uh, an extraordinary story, really, of a, a man in, who, who, who goes around Luton, he picks up litter to raise money for charity, but people tell him off for doing it. That's in the Vox. Don't spoil it, then. D- well, don't Justin big it up? Say what's coming up? No? I ain't really got the hang of this, have I? Uh, are you going to play it now, Kelly? No? Right. Well, I'm not falling for your silence, so I'm going to just stay silent now. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. At Fort Park the other day, actually, there's a ride at the bottom. You pay, like, a pound and you can squirt people. So I was like, yes! Put a pound in, started squirting someone, and a woman come and tapped me vigorously on the shoulder and was like, would you stop that? And I was like, well, she's on a water ride and I'm paying for it, so what's the problem? She's like, well, that's my daughter, I don't want her getting wet. Don't put her on a water ride then, really. Did you have a go at her then, did you? Well, I told her not to put her kid on a water ride if she didn't want her kid to get wet. And how did she respond to that? She told me to shut up and walked off. 
And how did you feel then after confronting her, after I telling her off? I just laughed. <laughs> Things don't bother me easily, so I just walked away. I've been told off by, but I never thought they existed until I started using trains. But I've been told off by the fag police. I didn't, I didn't realise they had a special officer that... And now, even if you're smoking uh, what they call those things, those e-cigarettes, those pretend ones, they're banning them as well, because they're too realistic. So what do you do? Doctors said anything's better than smoking at all, but they're banning that as well. So we've had a good moan. Well, I appreciate your moan. <laughs> I won't tell you off. Have you ever been told off by a stranger? What happened to you? Just I was giving out leaflets, asking people if they like a free sight test. And I was told to shut up very loudly, that was all. How did you feel when you were told to shut up by that person then? A bit disappointed, really. Did yeah. you tell them to shut up? No. Didn't no. fight back? No. Yeah. And you've never been told off by a stranger? N- not that I remember. Uh, many people I know, yes, but um, not, to a, not to my knowledge. Can I tell you off right now? Of course you can. Go on, see yeah. what happens. You are a disgrace. <gasps> Go away from me now. They've only told me off simply because I do what I call recycling. I pick up aluminium tins around Luton. All right. Uh, take them over to Tesco's in Bulldog, uh, recycle them. The money goes to uh, help the heroes or British Legion. They give you club car points, which I in turn turn to money. Uh, I've had a couple of people have a go at me simply because I'm sort of saying, well, you know, I'm picking it up for charity. Oh, you know, it's none of your business. But I feel like it's almost an education. I can actually help people and people actually become a little bit more tolerant because they uh, they listen to what I'm doing when I explain it they oh you know they, they almost want to help and do you do this every day then uh, pretty much on my way to work I only work three days a week in Luton but I live in Hitchin so I uh, so you've got uh, two carrier bags full of uh, well, drink it's, it's cans one, one this morning um, yeah. on Tuesday I collected about 150 so last year I gave 250 odd pound to charity and you know I need that. It's a little bit of exercise for me. I clear the streets a little bit. And, uh, but the people, initially, when your question was, you know, people have a go at you, yeah, they, they think you're from the council, so they, they say, what are you doing? You know, they, they think you're after them. Yeah, compared to yesterday's effort, I think that's pretty good. So, vast improvement. Yeah. He's just looking at me, isn't he? But you were doing thumb movements, weren't you? You, you were putting your thumb up, saying, yeah, that's, that's good, that, yeah. I've got an idea. Right. Shall we all leave? Just us three? That would be tricky. Don't you dare leave. Yeah, that w- I, I would leave. be terrified to leave yeah. uh, BBC Three Counties Radio yeah. in the hands of uh, a ferret grabber for the last six minutes of the show. It's not racist. You gave me the racist look. You gave me the look as though I said a racist thing. Are you are you criticising my people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, your people, is it? Well, it is. Your people, all of a sudden. <laughs> what is it with ferrets? Why are they such popular pets up there? Ratting in it. Sorry, rabbits. <laughs> Get rid of rats. What? <laughs> but why would you... Have you got a rat down your trousers? Oh, oh no, that's just the fun side of ferrets. <laughs> they wiggle around out that they go up, down. You ever smell they, a ferret? No, I've never smelled a ferret. I don't know it's been down Matt's trousers. It's an odd, it's an odd pet to get. Because, you know, weird pets I can, you know, I, I can kind of understand. But ferrets, they're, they're ugly, ugly things. Useful, though. I mean, it's a working animal. But no one needs... Well, the thing I don't get you'll, get, you'll understand this, Matt. Pigeons. Why would you keep a pigeon as a pet? Where's the joy of that? They are filth. They're pigeons. It's them as can't afford a horse. Oh, look, do you know what's happened here? I'm doing it on purpose. I don't really talk like that. You have, um, your uh, maternal, you're significantly older than Matt. Your maternal northern <laughs> instincts have kicked in and um, you haven't, you're trying to protect him. Yeah, that's even sweet. though it's from it's Yorkshire. Nice. It's nice. It's like a mother hen. Oh. You are the mother hen. 
Um, and are you the egg? Am I? Am I the chick? Chick. Stop looking at me. I'm the chick, aren't I, Caddy? He always looks at me when yeah. he talks to me. Which came, which came first, Matt or Kath? The chick. OK. This is getting too weird even for me, guys. This is getting too weird even for me. We'll have a quick look at the front page of the newspapers, shall we? Why the heck not? We've done the back pages. We know what's going on. Hey, did you see the Queen's speech yesterday? No, I didn't see it. Did you hear it? I did. Did you hear the dull thud during the dull Queen's speech? You hear the thud, Kath? It was a child. A child collapsing. Like a sack of spuds. And she, being the professional that she is, she's seen children fainting all over the world. She carried on with the speech. Prince Charles had a look over, saw it was only a child. And what would have been cool is if she'd have got up and gone, oh, oh, flip, oh, are you all right, love? Right, no. We're calling this off. A child is one of my subjects, one of my loyal subjects has fainted. She's had to soldier three worse, to be fair. I know, but she should have... Or if Charlie had said, Mum, I'm just going to... You know, you don't need me. No, right, I'm with this, this lad's... And if the, wouldn't that have been cool? That crown's heavy, though. She'd never get it... She'd never get back up if she got down. This no, is the problem. That's true. I, I suspect it was Prince Philip with a blow dart. <laughs> <laughs> just, just little tranquilizer darts. Anyway, that's on the front page. That's not, that's not on the front page of the eye, but a picture of the Queen is on the front page of the eye. Firms pocket fast bucks from hospital sell-off. What? Private contractors bank three hundred million pounds profit. Did you not realise, guys? Your NHS, it's yeah, it's kind of privatised now. Did you not know? You missed that one. Yeah, it kind of is. The Times. Um, there's the Queen. Um, angry Cameron rebukes rivals as Tory rift widens. Boring, boring, boring. It's a bit boring. All that kind of... The Guardian. Oh, yeah, there was a weird um, press PR opportunity in... um, Did you see this weird thing with um, Clegg? Yes. Cable. Yes. And a pub. Yes. It was weird, wasn't it? If in doubt, go to the pub. So this really badly staged kind of PR thing because hey, ah, uh, the you Farage is really popular. Why is he popular? He drinks beer, right? We will go and drink beer. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the go-to if you're slightly unpopular. Do you remember when Camilla was unpopular? They had her pulling pints as well to show she was down with the punters. If, if Clegg wants to get back in, if Clegg wants to get in with the young voters, you know what he needs to do? Rap? No, 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 no. Um, and I'm not condoning this. He needs to roll a fat one. That's why. No, that seriously. If he wants to bit kind of scandal, it's a little. He needs a little bit of scandal. The young voters will go. Oh, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know he was ahead. Oh, okay, fine. Yes, that were the, the older generation who've got who've got lost complete interest in him anyway. Will go. We were right to dismiss him. But he'll get the students back that he um, kicked in the face when he, he started charging them for university. Mm. It's it's a tip. Have we got? Have we got? What's his, his email? Is probably Nick at yahoo.co.uk. Or it's probably just Nick. Nick. Nick at LBC these days, isn't it? Oh, it, it probably is, isn't it? We'll say, uh, right, I'm going to suggest it. That's what we'll do. Right, that's it. That's your lot. That's. Uh, I think we managed to stagger towards the end of the show there. No thanks to you, Matt. Don't blame me. Um, every, everything. The last two shows <laughs> are all blamed on you. We record the podcast links after this show. Right. Would you do that for us? Oh, I'll have a go at that, yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a little practice? Yep, yep. Now? Right. What were you saying? Oh, so, um, here's a song. No. Oh, for goodness sakes. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hemel Hempstead, the St Albans Road heading west is partially blocked at the Jarman Way roundabout. Uh, police and ambulances are on the scene and we've got queues on the approach. 
In St Albans, St Peter Street at Victoria Street is partially blocked after a car's broken down, making things very slow in the surrounding area. Still problems ongoing in Luton. The Hitchin Road is partially blocked by the Sports Village because of an accident. Traffic can pass, but it's slow going through the scene. The M1 northbound slow uh, between sorry Junction 15A for Toaster and 16 for Daventry. One lane is closed after an accident. Very slow on the approach. Public transport all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed, Alice. Well, it looks like we made it once again. It's Friday tomorrow. That's virtually the weekend. Sing hosannas. I'm off to go and have a look inside the Big Brother house. JBS is up next. Until tomorrow at six. From us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in... Do you want the government to pay for Lindsay Sandiford's new appeal? The 57-year-old cocaine-smuggling grandma who faces...